What's up, everyone? Week two of the year. We got a full slate of shows. Nothing extra this week. Um, like we had last week with Battle of the Belts, but uh, let's not waste anyone's time. There wasn't really any news like there was last week as well, so let's just get right into Raw. Um, January 10th from the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, an arena I've been to many times. Um, most notably, I would say, well, like many times is in more than a, two or three or four. Um, but, uh, the most notable was, uh, the Royal Rumble where Roman Reigns won and everyone hated it. Uh, I was there with, uh, Griff and Matt and TJ and Keith and it was a great time. Um, so shout out to all those people, uh, and go back and watch that day in the life on the Lorenzo Bros channel. Also, uh, for Money in the Bank, I believe when, um, RVD came back and Orton won, that was at Wells Fargo and I was there for that. And I was there with, uh, met up with the, uh, the Boston Brothers, so shout out to them as well. Alright, so, uh, Raw starts off with Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman. They're in the ring, they're cutting a promo. Um, Brock and Paul, um, as they're going to the ring, MVP and Lashley are in grill position watching, and Shelton and Cedric come up to them. Uh, and they talk about how the Hurt Business is back together, but Lashley quickly reminds them that they're not together and to get the hell out of there and leave him alone. Um, at this point, I'm thinking maybe this is just a setup and uh, they'll attack they'll attack Brock. But uh, in the ring, Paul introduces uh, him and him and Brock and away Paul, Paul can. Only Paul can. Uh, Brock is pretty fired up. Uh when uh, he says it, when he introduces him and says, he tells Paul he loves when he does that, and he uh, says he's in Phil frickin' Delphia. So Brock was all sorts of fired up to start the show. Uh, Lashley and MVP quickly come out. Uh, Lashley tells Brock it's an honor to be there with him, but in all, with all due respect, for 20 years that Brock has been ducking him. Brock says it's an honor for him to be in the ring with himself as well. He apologizes to Bobby because the past 20 years he's been winning championships in this ring and other rings. And Brock tells Bobby that uh, on, uh, I'm sorry, Brock that Brock tells Bobby that he doesn't have a clue who he is and didn't know who he was until day one. Um, and then Brock tells Bobby it's not his fault for climbing not climbing the ladder of success while Brock was winning all these championships. Brock apologizes and says if he uh, would have beaten him already, then they wouldn't have even been here by now. So, Plus one for that uh, that little back and forth where Brock basically says, I don't know, who, I didn't know who you were, but if I had beaten you already, we wouldn't even be here right now. You'd be nobody. Uh, Brock ends up telling Bobby and MVP <laughs> um, they're dressed really freaking fancy. He also asked the thread count on MVP's suit, which popped me. Uh, Brock, plus one for his comedy. Uh, speaking of comedy, Bobby calls Brock a stand-up comedian and says when he wins the title uh, at the Rumble and Brock leaves to do his stand-up career, he'll go see him live. He calls him money as a stand-up comedian. Uh, Brock says uh, he's funny and and, and bleh, he rhymes. He's funny and he's money. And then he goes up to Paul and says, knock, knock. And Paul goes, uh, knock. Brock Lesnar telling knock, knock trips in Philly. I think I've seen everything. Uh, he asks. He, he answers, "Who's there?" And Bobby's uh, Brock says, "Bobby." He says, "Bobby who?" And he says, "Exactly," which was hilarious. Plus one for for Brock again. Um, Brock ends up telling Bobby, "It's impossible to beat him. It's impossible to beat Brock himself, especially uh, when you're a Brock Lesnar wannabe." Brock drops the mic, and him and Heyman leave. 
Another good disc, plus one get Brock again. Uh, Cedric and Shelton come and attack uh, Lashley from behind, but Lashley destroys them both and does the ring post spot to both of them. Um, overall, plus four segment. Pretty good way to kick off Raw and kick off the week. Brock Lesnar is money. That was, uh, in fact, correct statement. Uh, RK-Bro is in gorilla position. Uh, next, Riddle tells Randy he's trying to uh, trying to fly to a higher plane of enlightenment. Uh, and Orton tells him he can do what he wants on his own time, but this is his time. Uh, and Orton tells Riddle uh, his mistake last time was not tacking him in. Randy has a marker on. <laughs> Randy grabs a marker and writes on Riddle's hands. Um, to t- so he writes in ta- in really bad handwriting. Tag in Randy. Uh, and when Randy grabbed the marker, Riddle said, "This is no time for Pictionary." And only Riddle can make that funny. Uh, or Orton uh, goes to leave, but tells Riddle he knows he has uh, something to say, so just say it. And Riddle uh, ends up saying that he can get he wants cheesesteaks and asks uh, Orton if Pat's or Gino's is his favorite place. Uh, Orton says Gino's, and they go to the ring. Uh, and on commentary, Grave says everyone knows it's Tony Luke's. I give that a plus one because Tony Luke's is my personal favorite uh, cheesesteak place in Philly or in in the world, I guess, because that's the best one I've been to. Um, not really a huge cheesesteak fan in general, but I really I only get it when I'm in Philly. Uh, chicken cheesesteaks are good too. Next, we had the RK Bro uh, defend their tag team championships against Alpha Academy. Uh, before the match, they show an Alpha Instagram post where uh, they were both strengthening their necks to protect themselves from the RKO. I thought that was funny. Uh, Riddle and Gable go back and forth to start. Riddle does a springboard, wh- like whispering a wind, whatever he calls it. Broton, I don't know. I forget what it is. Uh, onto the outside. He sits on the apron and poses. And then Randy goes up on the top rope or on the ropes and then poses with him. And it was pretty, pretty funny. Uh, both doing the Orton pose. Riddle gets beat up. By uh, both Gable and uh, Otis until Riddle does another whisper in the wind onto Otis, which allows him to tag in Randy. Um, Randy hits a top rope suplex on Gable, and they always, every single time on commentary, mention uh, Cowboy Bob Orton, because that was his move. Uh, Riddle uh, is pumping up the crowd. Randy poses for the RKO. Otis distracts Orton and takes out Riddle onto the outside. Orton misses an RKO and Gable, who's, who gets uh, ends up getting sent into the corner uh, and hits Otis. Uh, Gable ends up getting sent back into the, his corner by Orton. Otis tags in. Uh, Orton rolls up Gable, pushes him through, tries to hit the RKO, and uh, Gable ends up sending Orton into Otis, who picks him up for the slam and gets the win. And your new tag team champions, the Alpha Academy, Chad Gable and Otis. Um, overall, I gave the match a plus two, and overall it didn't get a plus or minus anywhere, so overall got a plus two. I'm really happy that Alpha uh, and Gable specifically, I love Otis too, but Gable's awesome. Um, I'm really happy both of them won the tag titles, but I really don't think this was the right time to take it off RK-Bro. Um, probably could have waited a month. It would, it's whatever, actually. Now that I'm kind of saying it out loud... Just to have them start feuding. Maybe try to get have a couple of weeks of them trying to get the titles back, which leads to the turn. Um, hopefully Orton turns on on uh, Riddle. And then you have the Mania match. And then 
you can have Gable and, and Otis defend the titles at Mania. Um, in a completely different match. Yeah, so so they can have a, a lot of time to feud with a bunch of other people. I, it's not that bad. I've, I've talked myself out of it. Uh, might have been a little premature, but, you know, title changes on Raw is pretty cool. So, yeah, like I said, match got a plus two. Uh, let's move on. Then we had a, a backstage earlier today promo by Damian Priest. Uh, he just talks about debuting in the Rumble last year um, and showed the world what he's capable of. Uh, he says he upsta- he'll upstage that by winning the entire thing this year and says he'll be U.S. champ, but uh, what other title will he have on his shoulders? Which um, just reiterates, like they did on SmackDown with Sheamus, that uh, the winner can pick their pick the champion they want to face at Mania, which I love. I hate when they stick to it. I like the more of a surprise, more of a you got to uh, watch the shows after the Rumble to see who who the person's going to pick. And sometimes you just want somebody on a different show to face the other champion. It just is a cooler match. Next, we had uh, Street Profits and Priest together in gorilla position. Priest says uh, says uh, he'll he's also in the Rumble. Uh, it'll be every man for themselves when they're there. But tonight they're working together. Dawkins asks, "What side will they see tonight? Uh, see tonight the uh, the Damian side or the Priest side?" Uh, Ford asks about tar- uh, partying, where Priest says he'll always take the solo cup. Just a little cute back and forth between these guys. Um, Priest said they'll uh, they'll give one final beat down to Apollo and the Dirty Dogs tonight, and then uh, and tells the Street Profits to tell them why, and they yell, "We want the smoke." Um, just not much there. No points to anything. Next, we had a Bianca backstage interview. Uh, she talks about winning the Royal Rumble and winning at WrestleMania last year. Uh, says this year she is entering Mania as the champ. Uh, once she wins the triple threat tonight, uh, she's going to beat Becky at the Rumble. Pretty much standard stuff. We're going to have segments like that from all three competitors for the main event. I like when they do that, though. You, throughout the show, you get you show the uh, pre-tape uh, interviews of them talking about the main event that they're going to be in. So I like that, especially with multi multi men, multi women matches. They did it with the uh, the four way on Raw, where they had everyone do, cut a promo before throughout the show, scattered out. Uh, next, more Damian Priest. We have Damian Priest and the Street Profits versus Apollo Crews and the Dirty Dogs. Um, Priest takes everyone out, and then the Street Profits join, and they send all three out uh, to the outside before the commercial. A little pose off. Uh, well, not pose off, just the face is posing. Uh, back from the commercial, Cruz uh, is beating up Montez Ford. Uh, Ford catches Ziggler's famous turn to a powerbomb. Uh, they do dual tags. Dawkins and Rude come in. It's more of a hot tag for Dawkins and takes out all three guys in, uh, of the heel side. Priest went to powerbomb Cruz on the outside, but Aziz distracts him. Apollo takes ends up taking advantage. Uh, Ford flips over the top rope onto Apollo and Aziz. Back in the ring, Rude, uh, Rude had made a tag to Ziggler. Dawkins didn't see it. Uh, hits a spine buster on Rude, but Ziggler hits Dawkins with the zigzag for the win. Uh, figured the, the the faces would just kind of steamroll and win this match. But uh, but the heels won. Um, match got a zero. Overall got a zero. Nothing really happened. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great. Um, but yeah, I guess the Dirty Dogs are uh, going to get the rub there. I don't don't really have an explanation, or I don't know where they're gonna go with it. Hopefully, this feud with these people end because it 
Street Profits and Dirty Dogs have done enough, and Priest and the Dirty Dogs have done enough. Next is a Seth Rollins promo in the ring. Uh, he says he is uh, he's not happy. Oh, he's, he's in a great mood tonight, but not because uh, the two Ninkum Poops, Bo- Brock and Bobby, are going to punch each other in the face um, until one falls over. Not because 30 men and women will battle for the main event of WrestleMania, but because he will become Universal Champion. Uh, he says the visionary versus the tribal chief, the revolutionary versus the head of the table, brother versus brother. Roman Reigns versus Seth freaking Rollins. I love the brother versus brother line. Uh, so far, plus one. Uh, Seth tells everyone uh, he got this match. Um, he got this match because he took matters in his own hands and didn't need an advocate. Uh, he says death and one things are certain. Some things are certain in life: death, taxes, and Seth beating Roman every single time. Uh, Biggie comes out and says it's incredible news. Says he's happy. As happy as Gritty after a Flyers win. Seth asks what Gritty what Gritty is. I pop because fuck Gritty. Go Rangers. So plus one for Seth asking what Gritty is. Uh, Seth asks why Big E is excited. Big E tells Seth he's the favorite, or he's his favorite, I guess, betting-wise, on all title contenders at the Rumble this year. And he said he put a whole saw buck on Seth, which is $10, apparently. Big E says he entered the, the Royal Rumble and says... The top of his list of dreams is what he intends to do, what he intended to do at day one, but will end up doing at WrestleMania, which is beating Seth one on one and walking out world champ. So Biggie laying down plans. Say Seth, I think you're gonna beat Roman. I'm gonna win the Royal Rumble. I'm picking you, which is what should have happened at day one. Seth tells Biggie it doesn't matter what day it is, one on one he can't beat himself. Seth, uh, Biggie wants to test that theory tonight. Seth says he doesn't know. Maybe next week in a bigger town or better town. Biggie says, let's just do it tonight. Let's do it now. Seth ends up accepting. Uh, overall, plus two segment, uh, both for Seth. But um, Yeah, so they're going to test that theory. Can Biggie beat Seth? Uh, so the match is right away. Um, early, Seth hits a suicide dive, uh, goes for a second, but Biggie counters, ends up hitting a splash on the apron. Um, Rollins hits a knee from the apron onto Biggie to the outside. Uh, and then one, and then hits the springboard one uh, on the inside of the ring, so double knees. Uh, Biggie hits a spear on the apron to the outside. Um, the, these guys kept going out of the ring a lot in this match. Uh, just something of note. Rollins hit a frog splash for a near fall. Biggie goes for the big ending uh, from the top rope, but doesn't get it. Uh, goes to hit one in the ring, but Seth counters. Goes for the pedigree. Biggie counters that, but Seth hits a few elbows to the back of his head, which lead to the stomp for the win. Uh, Biggie loses clean to Seth. I don't have a problem with it. Um, Seth's the guy right now. They're building up. It's got to look. He's got to look like he can beat Roman. And if he can't beat Biggie clean, there's no chance against Roman because Roman's already beaten Biggie. Uh, that's a transitive property right there. But. Uh, yeah, Biggie. Also, the whole thing that they just set up in this match was Seth's like, "You can't beat me. Roman can't beat me, and you can't beat me ever." So prove that theory right. So if they do want to go, Seth beats Roman. Uh, Biggie wins the Rumble, and they do that. Then they have a well. I I told you you can't beat me. I proved you can't beat me, and now then can build that match up. So I like it. Um, well, match got a plus three overall. Plus three. Next, we had Rhea Ripley and Nikki A.S.H. in the ring doing an interview with Sarah Schreiber. Um, Nikki uh, says 
They officially are asking for a rematch for Zelina and Carmelo for the tag titles. Just immediately, I gave it a plus one. You just can't keep losing to people and asking for title shots. Whether it's, I don't care if it's creative, it's a problem. It's got to go on the wrestlers now because I, that's how I grade these things. But, um, yeah, it's just I'm so sick of people coming out and saying we're get, we're next for title matches, even though you just lost to the champs. Um, thank God though, Rhea whispers to Nikki. That's not what we talked about, um, and that we're uh, we were going to talk about the Rumble tonight. Sarah asks if the relationship has run its course. Rhea says they've had their ups and downs, but and then Nikki cuts her off, saying, of course it hasn't. Rhea says, let's not talk about this out here. But Nikki says, no, we're going to talk about it now. Uh, Nikki asks Rhea if, if she's trying to break them up. Rhea says she wants to get their, uh, go their separate ways, uh, and they had, they had a good run. Nikki asks Rhea if she thinks she's better than her because she got pinned, because Nikki was the one who got pinned. Uh, Nikki said, do you ever think I was the one doing you a favor by being your partner? Uh, Nikki then said, uh, a team, uh, it doesn't matter uh, who the big in a team, the, it doesn't matter who the, the better one is. It just matters about the team. And Rhea said she never said or thought she was better than Nikki. And Nikki said she was talking about herself, as in she was the one uh, who should be thinking about herself. Um... Rhea says she's uncomfortable and says, let's just finish now and say goodbye on good terms uh, and goes to shake Nikki's hand. Nikki says fine, but she can't shake hands unless Rhea looks her in the eye and tells her she believes in her. Rhea says she has and always will believe in her. Uh, she says she loves that she is almost a superhero and hopes she doesn't stop believing in herself and always wants to be friends. Nikki almost cries here and uh, and asks if she means if, if Rhea means it and they can still be friends. Rhea says yes, and they hug. Uh, Nikki poses uh, on the ropes. Rhea stands there not knowing what to do. Kind of looks like Rhea's going to turn on her. Nikki looks at her, goes for a fist bump, and then when Rhea goes to give her the fist bump back, she chops Rhea's throat and turns on her. Plus one, finally. They did the right call. Rhea's a good face. Nikki's probably better as a crazy character or a heel, so turn her. Um... But then Nikki gets on the ramp and says, almost superheroes don't need friends. I gave that a minus one. If you're, you're turning, you're getting rid, just get rid of the superhero gimmick. I even liked it at first. I thought it was a good face gimmick for kids. And I thought she was, the Nikki, ASA, Nikki is, Nikki Cross is, is awesome. And it's easy to get behind her. But now that you're turning her, she should have ripped the mask off. Said something cooler. Um... Like, I don't need to be a superhero. I'm a bad badass or something. I don't know. Something actual writers could have came up with. Um, but, yeah. And at least be, like, a villain gimmick now. A super villain. Don't just be a superhero. Ah, terrible. Um, segment ended up getting a minus one. Next, we have Reggie and Dana Brooke backstage. Reggie brings Dana the best cheesesteak in Philly. Doesn't specify where it's from. Reggie thinks something is off, though, so before they eat, uh, he says, he tells uh, her, Dana Brooke to leave with him. And he has a sixth sense about when the 24-7 title is in danger. They leave, and R-Truth, who's dressed up as a garbage man, is wheeling a garbage, a big garbage can uh, and yells at, uh, <laughs> yells at uh, Reggie and Dana if that's with Wiz or without, which is a Philadelphia way to order cheesesteaks, cheese Wiz. 
um, they turn around and run into a, a ref backstage um, and they turn back around where Truth is. He yells at Tozawa to come out of the trash can and he does. Uh, Dana and Reggie throw the cheesesteaks, missing Truth and Tozawa, but they get away. Um, out of the shot was Tamina, who the cheesesteaks did hit. She throws uh, the remains at Truth, who's running away, and throws over the trash can with Tozawa in it, which made me laugh. So I give that a plus one for Tamina. Um, and then uh, the next shot was Omas walking backstage um, he, as he's coming to the ring. Dana Brooke runs right by him, and Reggie accidentally bumps into him on his way. Reggie actually gets knocked down. Reggie apologized to Omas as he didn't see him for some reason. He's a giant. don't know. I didn't see him. He has 24-7 tunnel vision, I guess. Um, but then he lifts Reggie up. Dana Brooke comes back and yell, yells at Omas to put him down. Um, Omas says, uh, make me. And she says, Reggie will make you. And sets up a match next week. Uh, Omas grabs Reggie's, puts him down and grabs Reggie's face and says, you should watch what I do tonight because next week it will be even worse. I uh, got a plus one because of the trash can. Uh, Tazawa getting knocked over. Next, we have a dude drop backstage, the same one as the uh, Bianca. Um, says, all last year, Bianca lived cut in line and wasted opportunities. Um, it's just minus one because you literally wasted opportunity. Couldn't even get to the title picture. Uh, says their business mistake is overlooking her. I don't think so. Uh, Bianca called her a detour. Uh, Bianca called her a detour, but Bianca was her detour on the way to the championship. I don't know how she could be your detour on the way to the championship when you lost the feud. Um, and then she says, "I didn't give anything else a plus one until I heard this line. 2022 is the year you finally get dew dropped. Minus one segment minus two. Dew drop has not been good. Uh, next we have Omos versus Nick Sanders, who is a jobber, local local guy." Graves is basically just destroying this kid on commentary. Uh, he said he brought his uh, brought him his eggs this morning at the diner uh, and says, you call the match, I'm going to go set up a GoFundMe for this kid's medical bills, which was actually pretty funny. I'll give that a plus one. They um, said, uh, do you uh, think this kid pictures his career when he ends up... Do you think this kid's kid pictured his career would end in bright pink tights and green boots that don't match? Kind of just destroyed him. He had one funny line, so I'll give him that. Um, not really necessary. Um, doesn't does nobody good. Um, doesn't do Omas good. So, uh, but Omas grabs him by the throat and throws him across uh, the ring like a like a release choke slam. Omas puts it like I guess it's I think that's his finish anyway. The the. The way I wrote it, wrote it down was stupid. Omas put him on his shoulders and throws him stomach down. Uh, Reggie and Dana are showing walk, uh, walking backstage. Uh, and Omas did hit his finish again. But I guess more slamming him down instead of releasing him. Uh, and as he talks trash, Omas, Omas puts his foot over Sanders' chest and gets the win. Uh, zero there. Nothing happened. Now we have the cutting edge with Beth Phoenix. Uh, edge says day one. We're going to do damage when he meant the Royal Rumble, which nothing ha- no points, but uh, it's just funny that he, he botched it. Got to point it out. Uh, Edge wanted to remind everyone how much ass Beth kicks, uh, kicked when she was a wrestler. Says she would have been on the Broad Street Bullies. Uh, Edge puts over the Flyers, and the crowd like doesn't even pop for it. Mentions like old Flyers and old Flyer teams. Um, 
Edge says him and Beth have combined for 35 championships, which is more than any couple in WWE and the only couple uh, in the Hall of Fame. Edge shows a highlight reel of Beth's career. Beth says she doesn't know if Edge is trying to butter her up for later tonight, but flattery will get you everywhere. And then tells him to settle down when she basically says we're going to fuck later tonight. <laughs> Beth basically uh, says she's going to kick Maurice and Miz's ass, both of them. Miz and Maurice come out. Graves says, what is this, a crossover episode? Uh, Miz TV and the Cutting Edge talking about. Uh, I gave it a plus one because it's a BoJack Horseman reference. And Byron had no clue, and Graves actually had to explain that it's a BoJack Horseman reference. Uh, Mr. Peanut Butter. Uh, pretty funny line. So plus one for Graves. Uh, Miz says he uh, stands with Ben Simmons, who would give up $33 million to not play in this crap city. Um, it's cheap heat, but uh, it got a lot of booze on, like, Edge mentioning old Flyers teams that resulted in no pop. So, at least be relevant. Uh, Miz says what kind of man he has, uh, what kind of man has a f- wife, has his wife fight his battles. Edge reminds him he used Maurice to avoid a spear. Miz calls that slander. Minus one for Miz. It's just, it, stop saying things that you do, like, like you're trying to be serious. Like, who would do that? You. Like, it's not needed. Just be a normal human being. You don't need to be heel, like, dipshit 100% of the time. Uh, Miz shows his own highlight reel, Maurice. Uh, Miz says they should feel honored to step foot in the same ring as Maurice. Edge uh, puts over Maurice and says they respect her and her career, but Beth can lift a damn Buick, which is an awful line. Uh, minus one for Edge. It's just so corny sometimes. It just doesn't hit and no one reacts. Uh, Beth tells Maurice it's weird to see her so shy and quiet since before Beth came back she was very loud and was involved in Edge's matches. Beth tells her she's gonna uh, they're going to be chanting Au Revoir at the Royal Rumble. Au Revoir, Au Revoir, which wasn't even, she, the way she said it wasn't even a chant. And again, corny as hell, minus one. Miz goes off about speaking French and how badly Maurice will beat Beth up. Maurice uh, walks backstage, but Miz doesn't notice until he stops talking and turns around. Uh, I gave that a plus one. It gives this um, some depth depth to the storyline and not just, we're going to beat you up, we're going to beat you up. It's, well, Maurice doesn't even want to fucking fight, so Miz has to deal with that. So it gives us something else than just these back-and-forth promos. So I like that. That's a plus one. Uh, Beth says if Maurice doesn't show up at the Rumble... Uh, she won't have any problem because if Edge doesn't beat him up first, she's knocking Mrs. Teeth in. Overall, the segment got a minus one. Backstage, we had Kevin Patrick interviewing Austin Theory. Uh, Kevin asked if he can uh, he can create a lot of momentum going into the Rumble if he beats AJ Styles tonight. Theory says he can also create an opportunity to impress Mr. McMahon tonight. Uh, he says he spoke to Mr. McMahon earlier and he re- was reminded that and Vince reminded him that AJ is one of the most decorated superstars in WWE. In theory, said AJ was a first ballot Hall of Famer himself. Uh, but tonight, he's going to beat him, and Mr. McMahon will have no choice but to invest in Austin Theory. Kevin asked Mr. McMahon if Mr. McMahon gave him any words of advice. Theory said he did. Don't screw this up. Uh, I gave this a plus one, um, mostly on the last line. Um, theory's usually goofy and. Uh, kind of just dumb uh like the gimmick wise um but this was just his like a, one of the first serious promos i've uh, heard of cutney and he 
did fine. He was believable and passable. And he's like, I gotta fucking win this match. So, good for Theory. Good promo. Um, next, we had the AJ Styles vs. Austin Theory match. Um, I'm not sure when Theory's theme changed, if this is new, but I prefer the, the generic rock one. I'm pretty sure it's not new. I'm pretty sure it's been a few weeks, but I just wanted to point it out. I, I liked his generic rock theme. It was pretty good. So, Theory did a cool sequence when uh, he got AJ down and jumps over the ropes from the apron, does a double stop onto AJ, and then immediately lifts him up for a suplex. Thought that was really cool. Looked awesome. Was very clean. Plus one. Uh, Fury does a rolling drop kick on AJ off to the apron into a commercial break. But when they get back from the commercial break, AJ has full control of the match. Uh, AJ goes for the nominal forearm, but Grayson Waller comes in, interferes, pulls off, uh, pulls AJ off the apron and beats him up. Uh, gets, uh, Theory DQ'd. That's a plus one, though. Love Grayson Waller showing up. Um, yeah, just put more eyes on NXT and, uh, Give this feud more depth. Uh, Theory says he wants no trouble with Waller, but wants a selfie with the hurt AJ. So he goes, takes a selfie, <laughs> leaves, and says, it's all you to Grayson Waller. Waller goes to beat up AJ more, but AJ counters, slamming Waller's uh, face onto the announce table. Uh, AJ ends up throwing Waller back into the ring, goes for the phenomenal forearm, but uh, he rolls. Uh, Waller rolls out to the other side. Uh, the match got a plus two overall. This segment got a this match and segment got a plus four. Next, it was Grayson Waller backstage with Kevin Patrick uh, as he's looking back as he just came from ring the ringside and AJ was behind him, so he knows he'll come back eventually. Uh, Waller says he gave AJ a preview of what will happen on NXT when he gets taken over by the Grayson Waller effect. Uh, very short and to the point promo, but he the Grayson Waller's first time on Raw. Um, just as a run-in, kind of gets gets beat up a little bit, rolls out of the ring, runs away, comes back, immediately has to do a promo, and uh, I think he just nailed it. So I gave him a plus one. So first promo after 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 not having like promos. Sometimes if he just came on Raw and had a promo, he'd stand there, he'd go over it, he'd think about it, he'd uh, he'd get ready to say it, and then he'd say it. And if it was pre-taped, he could do it again. Uh, but no, he had to do. Uh, do a whole segment in the ring and then come out and first time speaking on Raw, he killed it. So good for Grayson Waller. Next, we had the Liv Morgan uh, promo from backstage, uh, hyping up the main event. She says she knows what uh, what it's like to come so close and will never stop giving everything she has. Says when she wins tonight, she won't just come close to taking the title off Becky at the Rumble. I'm going to take it. Uh, overall, zero points. Uh, then they had the Alexa Bliss road back to Raw, which was her in therapy. I guess she's in the same gimmick, so it's going to hopefully work through that and get her back to normal. But in the therapist's office, uh, the Newton balls are are hitting back and forth, and uh, it eventually just stops, which physics says it can't. Uh, the doctor uh, has her breathe deep, and Bliss does it. Uh, doctor says the first time... Uh, the first step is to admitting she has a problem, and Bliss jokingly says, I have a problem, doctor, fix me. Uh, the doctor shows a video of Charlotte killing Lily and asks how it makes her feel. Bliss gets uh, on the edge of her seat, grabs an empty glass, and says, thirsty. She then pours the entire pitcher into her glass, spilling a bunch of water on the floor. Bliss, Bliss grabs the doctor by the tie and asks how, this, how does this make him feel, and he says, not great. Bliss says that's a shame because it makes her feel pretty dandy and then starts smashing everything in the room. 
Uh, Bliss is ripping up papers out of the book and says, I guess, rips, I have, rips, a problem. Throws the book. Well, that was pretty funny. Uh, good timing. Uh, uh, she then smashes more stuff, picks up something solid uh, that was on the desk, and the doctor runs away, and she throws it in his direction. And she says, see, see you next week, Doc. Um, not what I expected. I didn't really know if they were going to lean into this gimmick, so they just go straight away from it. I guess they're easing it out of her. Um, so I'll see where it goes. Not, no points. I didn't lo- love it or hate it, so zero points. Next, uh, before the main event, Becky Lynch is in the ring. She cuts a promo. She has stack it, uh, a jacket with stuffed goats on the shoulders, which is pretty cool. She goes over the triple threat match, says Liv is tenacious and doesn't back down, but should. Says Bianca's undeniable talent and was on a roll until she beat she got beat at SummerSlam. Uh, says Dewdrop takes what she wants, and she likes that. All three will think they will overthrow Becky, but Becky says... Uh, at the Royal Rumble, it'll be the day they tell their grandkids that um, it was the day they lost to Big Time Bex. Uh, just some cl- a normal Becky promo, no points. Uh, and then Becky went to commentary for the main event. Um, she did a great job, honestly. Uh, she has some good good spats with Byron, and some. she puts over a lot of things with her reactions and then denies she had those reactions in kind of a funny way. But uh, Liv Morgan versus Bianca Belair versus Dewdrop, number one contenders match. At the Royal Rumble against Becky. Uh, in the beginning, Liv does a high spot, flips over the ropes uh, onto both of them. Bianca and Liv have a kind of awful sequence where their timing is just really bad lifting each other. Uh, minus one. Uh, Dewdrop crossbodies both of them. Uh, Dewdrop has Liv in an electric chair and throws her face first onto Bianca and covered both for a near fall. Bianca is sitting on the top rope and Dewdrop is bending over. Uh, hanging on the middle rope. Uh, so Liv flips over Dewdrop's back uh, with her feet in the air, and Hurricane Ron is Bianca off. Bianca's off the top rope and rolls off Dewdrop, rolling up Dewdrop, actually, for a near fall. Um, that's a plus one. It was a really cool spot. If you're going to watch any spot, that was pretty creative. Um, probably worth checking out the match itself. Uh, Bianca... Throw, does it a face off with Liv and throws awful punches again? Like she wraps her entire, she gets too close, then wraps her entire swings so big, wraps her arm around Liv's back and is like punching the other side of her arm. It's really just sloppy. Um, just looks fake. Um, she ends up rolling Liv up, sh- uh, very shitty. Um, she rolls up Liv very shitty, like in a way where. She didn't really go deep into the cover because she knew she had to keep her arm in position so Liv can counter it and hit the rings with Saturn. Liv could have countered Anyone could have countered it regardless of where how she rolled it up, but she did it. She played it safe. Um, and then Bianca ends up lifting Liv uh, while in the rings of Saturn, but Liv counters into a face buster. Uh, Dewdrop powerbombs Liv, goes for the pin, and Bianca hits a 450 splash to break it up. Becky called it mildly impressive. But the replay showed her looking shocked as hell. Um, Bianca fires up, hits the KOD on Liv. Bianca goes to pin Becky, uh, goes to p- for the pin, and Becky breaks it up, taking her out of the match. Bianca gets up, and Becky runs around the ring until she turns around. Um, Becky swings and misses. Uh, clothesline. Bianca grabs Becky, but re- is reversed, and Becky throws her into the announce table. 
Dewdrop drags Liv to the corner and uh, goes to the top rope and sits on her and gets the win. Um, I can't say I didn't see it coming because it's like they they would have Liv and Bianca be in the Rumble, and they don't need. They could just have had Liv loses. I, I I don't know. You don't need Liv to lose it, then go into the Rumble and win the Rumble. Um, so I guess you just have have her get beat up by take finishes from Bianca and. Dewdrop. Bianca gets screwed by by Becky, so there's something there. Um, maybe one of them wins the Rumble, Becky or or Bianca or Liv. But yeah, I don't know. I just don't need a Dewdrop versus Becky feud. They could have put any other woman in this match. Um, I don't think their their styles will clash well. I think Becky will try too hard to to make this a great match and it'll be sloppy. Um, but we'll see at the Rumble. I could be. I hope I'm wrong. I hope Dewdrop um, has a great match. With Becky. Overall, the match got a plus one. And overall, got a plus one. Um, overall, the show was a plus 16. Um, was good. Um, wasn't anything special. Um, we'll go over everyone's point totals. We got Dewdrop, Nikki, ASH, Miz, Edge, and Beth all with minus one. Bianca, Rhea, Heyman, MVP, Lashley, Damian Priest, The Street Profits, Apollo Crews, Dirty Dogs, Reggie, Dana Brooke, Tazawa, and Omos all with zero. In the positives, plus one, we got Liv Morgan, Maurice, and Tamina. Uh, we got Grayson Waller, Styles, uh, Corey Graves, Orton, Riddle, Gable, and Otis all with a plus two. Big E with a plus three. Austin Theory with a plus three as well. Brock with a plus four. And Seth Rollins a plus five. Match or segment of the night was Brock and Bobby in the beginning. Um, so, if, yeah. So, got a plus 16 overall. Brock and Bobby was the best segment getting, like, a plus 5. Um, got a uh, plus 4. So, nothing too special. To compare it to Raw last week, it got... I'm just scrolling. Raw last week was a plus 17. So one point better uh, last week than this week. Um, yeah, so the segment I said of the night was Brock and Bobby. Um, MVP of the night, I gave it to Seth. Uh, good. Oh, Seth got it for points. Um, I would have also given it to Brock is what I'm saying, what I meant to say. But Seth with that uh, the match and the promo with Big E um, stole the night. But Brock was fucking incredible himself. Which just so when I when I pick my own, it's like you got it. Also factors in it's like how much did they do? It's like Brock in a promo that was short, crushed it. Seth had a match and a, a promo before it. So, um, but it is, but Seth's the MVP. Uh, I don't know why I'm rambling. Um, next is NXT. Let's get it. All right, NXT, January eleventh. Starts with a video package of Braun winning the title. Braun ends up opening the show. Gets announced to the ring. The crowd chants, you deserve it. But some are chanting, no you don't, which is kind of fucked up. Braun thanks Champa, Calls him a great performer and an outstanding human being. Says people don't see it. Uh, people didn't see it on TV, but he told him congrats. And uh, he said, congrats, it's your show now. And then went to pay his respects to his dad in the front row. A.K.A. Rick Steiner. Of the famous Steiner brothers. Um, Braun says there are no days off. And whenever uh, whoever wants some can get some basically. Not with, not in those exact John Cena words. But you know what I'm saying. Uh, says when you train. He's already trained. 
when you watch film, he's already watched film. And when you leave, he's still there. Uh, Braun Breaker leaves, and uh, Santos Escobar comes out, and they cross paths. Um, plus one segment. Love the tease of Breaker and Santos Escobar. That would be a hell of a match and a hell of a feud. Santos Escobar is so good. I've already, I think I've already talked about it, but he, he is everything that you could want in a wrestler. So Santos Escobar with Legato versus Zion Quinn. Winner leaves with Electra. Uh, Quinn is in control early. He beats up Santos on the outside. Wild gets launched by Quinn when he tries to interfere. Um, during uh, and during the commercial, uh, I think it was. I don't know if it was. I wrote it was during the commercial, but I think it was picture in picture. But uh, it leads to Santos taking control of the suicide dive. Um, might have led. It might have been the pre-commercial spot, and I wrote it wrong. Anyway, Wild comes up and he just picks him up and throws him. It was sick. Uh, Santos pumps himself up, uh, banging on his chest, runs into Quinn. Who, who runs, who just basically stands there in his pose like a wall. And after all that, Santos went down. Um, Mendoza gets on the apron to distract Quinn, and Santos dumps him to the outside. Santos puts Quinn on his shoulders, but Electra stands in the way, uh, not letting Santos beat up Zion Quinn, throw him into the post. Quinn takes advantage of him, and him and Electra look at each other's, into each other's eyes. She touches his chest, and they nod heads. Uh, Quinn turns around and Electra low blows him. Mendoza throws him into the ring. Uh, Santos hits the Phantom Driver for the win. Love the the, the Electra spot plus one. Um, the match itself plus zero, uh, but overall got a plus one. I don't think Electra would be better off with Zion. So good to just officially say, nah, we were just fucking with you this whole time. Next, we had a Tony D'Angelo pre-tape backstage interview. Says there's a bunch of guys, uh, sorry, there's a bunch of ways to use a crowbar, and he only needs like three to beat uh, Pete Dunn or to beat anyone. Uh, he tells Dunn that uh, he could have walked away with just a hurt hand and uh, tells him he's like a dog after tonight. He'll know who's in charge. Um, zero points. Mandy Rose had a vignette. Uh, shows how a champ celebrates a title defense, and they're doing like a photo shoot. And she says, NXT 2.0 is all about Mandy. Uh, no points. Next, we have Cameron Grimes versus David Kemp. Uh, Malcolm Bivens comes out and watches this match on the ramp. Um, Kemp is a Minnesota amateur wrestler. It's actually Gable Stevenson's brother, um, which is pretty cool. They talked about um, all the Minnesota wrestlers. Uh, Shelton Brock I don't even think they mentioned Brock I think they mentioned Shelton um, and they ended up mentioning Gable Stevenson but didn't say it was his brother uh, Grimes hits the cave-in for the win uh, Kemp didn't uh, didn't get up for the cave-in the cave so it looked like he basically just ate a boot to the face um, it looked cool but uh, he probably wants to uh, stand up more next time uh, after the match to the camera, Grimes says he's going for the gold. Uh, match was basically a squash, so nothing, no points. Joe Gacy and Harlan are backstage, pre-taped interview. Not even, these aren't interviews, the pre-tapes are like just them talking to the camera. Uh, Gacy think, uh, thanks the committee for allowing them to wrestle in the Dusty Cup uh, play-in match. Says it's something they'll never forget. He's happy everyone has an equal opportunity to get in the Dusty Cup. 
He tells Idris Inofe and Malik Blade that they are safe. Uh, they are in a safe place. And Gacy tells him that Harlan wants them to know it's just because they're rivals tonight doesn't mean they're rivals in life. Uh, zero points, but a good overall promo. Uh, just basic Gacy stuff. Um, commentary lets us know that Von Wagner has been suspended and fined. I cheered because uh, I'm not a big fan of Von Wagner. Uh, but we'll see where it goes. Uh Gacy and Harlan versus Idris Inofe and Malik Blade. Uh, winner gets into the uh, Dusty Classic. Uh, while in the ring, they show a pre-tape of Idris and Malik saying they're going to win tonight and win the tournament and shock the world. Uh, Gacy hits a huge Urinagi on Idris. Um, looked pretty devastating. Malik Blade hits a perfect drop kick, uh, jumping high as fuck. Um, Malik Blade's a sick athlete. Um, Malik and Idris... Uh, tried doing a bunch of quick move combo spots, but didn't really work together. The, the chemistry's not there yet. Um, in time, they probably will have good chemistry. Harlan gets tagged in and inst- instantly grabs Blade and chokes him. Uh, Harlan gets him face first into the bottom turnbuckle and, and drives his knee into the back of the head. Harlan attacks Idris on the apron as well, and then Harlan doesn't break up his offense and gets DQ'd in the corner. While Gacy looks at him and smiles. Harlan stares down the ref and Gacy backs him off. Ma- match got a zero. Overall got a zero. I really thought Harlan and Gacy were going to be in the tournament. I guess they don't want him to lose uh, to a team. And they want high quality wrestling in it. So they're putting in uh, Idris and Malik. And I, I get uh, see what they do. So um, next we had an Imperium um, vignette. Uh, basically making fun of fat, lazy people in America, uh, saying Imperium are the opposite. Uh, say they carry themselves with class and sophistication, and ends by saying the, sa- the mat is sacred. No points for that. Pete Dunn versus Tony D'Angelo in a uh, in a uh, crowbar on a pole match. Before the commercial, Pete Dunn gets ready uh, and heads to the ring. Tony does the same. He passes somebody with a headset on. Writes something down and grabs the pen and autographs it on a piece of paper. That's a plus one. That's funny. Uh, D'Angelo goes for the crowbar instantly, but fakes out Dunn and turns turns around and hits him in the face. Dunn goes for the crowbar twice, but gets stopped. D'Angelo hits an exploder and goes for the crowbar, but stopped. Uh, Dunn climbs over D'Angelo and stomps on his head. Tries to get the crowbar, but D'Angelo stops him uh, as they get off the top rope. Uh, they come back from commercial and they show a lot of weapons around the ring. Vic tells us the ref did a good job stopping them from using them all. Only crowbars are legal. So the, during the commercial, apparently there was no picture picture. I don't think for this one, they just went outside and took out a weapon. The ref stopped and took out another weapon. The ref stopped him. So you came back and you just see weapons around the ring. Kind of weird. Um, Dunn quickly got the crowbar from. D- uh, sorry. Um. <laughs> Dunn stomped D'Angelo's arm and shoulder, goes for the crowbar. D'Angelo stops him, suplexing uh, and flipping Dunn, leading uh, to D'Angelo getting the crowbar. Dunn quickly got the crowbar away from D'Angelo, who swings it wildly and misses hitting the pole um, it was on, making a loud noise. They battle to the outside where D'Angelo has the crowbar and Dunn on the, uh, Dunn on the, on, uh, on the announce table, just like he did last time, but Dunn uh, moved his hand and gains control of the- of the match. Uh, Dunn almost has a cross-faced chicken wing in, basically, uh, with the crowbar around D'Angelo's face, but D'Angelo counters, does a neckbreaker with the crowbar around Dunn's throat, 
uh, for a near fall. Dunn grabs a crowbar, puts D'Angelo... Dunn grabs a crowbar, but D'Angelo stomps on Dunn's hand, giving Dunn a taste of his own medicine, basically. Dunn counters a a neckbreaker from uh, D'Angelo and goes on offense. He lands a suplex and gets D'Angelo in an STF with a crowbar around his face, but D'Angelo gets out of it. Uh, D'Angelo brings a chair into the ring. Dunn stomps his hand. Uh, And after he stomps his hand, uh, all three people, Pete Dunn, Tony D'Angelo, and the ref grab the chair. Um, They tug a war for it a little bit, and they both uh, let go, having the ref kind of go flying back a little bit. And the ref gets rid of it. Uh, D'Angelo throws Dunn into the pole uh, and nails him with the crowbar over the head for the win. Plus one by hitting him over the head or kayfabe over the head um, with the crowbar instead of hitting him in the stomach and then another move. Um, D'Angelo shrugs like uh, like Pete Dunn on the apron or on the, the ramp and walks away. The match got a plus three, overall got a plus five. Um, a lot of just going for the uh, the uh, the crowbar, so it's hard to kind of work a good match like that. But these guys figured it out. Um, next, we had Grayson Waller backstage with Mackenzie Mitchell. Grayson reminds everyone he's in the main event. Says he's on he was on Raw. Maybe he'll go to SmackDown and slap around Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, Grayson says tonight he'll create another Grayson Waller moment. Quick promo, uh, no points. Backstage, we had Indy uh, Hartwell, Persia Parara, and. Persia Parada and Wendy Chu. Uh, Indian Persia are stretching in their gear, getting ready. Wendy Chu is in her PJs and just waking up. She does a few squats, smiles, and leaves with her pillow. Uh, zero points. Toxic Attraction now have a vignette. Says everybody wants them. Gigi says Mandy saw something in them. JC says no one can touch them. Mandy says they aren't just Toxic Attraction. They are the attraction. I don't know why they needed this and the Mandy vignette, but uh, this one was better. But zero, still zero points. Uh, Indy Hartwell, Persia Parada, and Wendy Chu versus Amari Miller, Casey Catanzaro, and Caden Carter. Wendy Chu is laying on the apron with her pillow, uh, but still holding the tag rope, which is hilarious, so plus one for her. Amari, um, then Caden, then Casey all do dives onto the outside. Briggs and Jensen are shown watching Casey and Caden. Wendy gets up and is resting her head on the top rope. Wendy also has a water bottle and then sips sips from it on the apron. Um, Wendy try like tags in and does like a matrix dive out of the way of like a clothesline, but like barely moved kind of. She was more stretching. It was like a stretch, but it, she was. I feel like she should have bent down more. But either way, it was kind of funny. Um, she has a good fire up, gets a near fall. Casey breaks it up. Parada is in a uh, is in and tries and power bombs Casey. Caden takes out Persia Parada. Indy takes out Caden and Amari took out Indy. Persia tags in and slams Amari. Tags in Indy who hits a springboard elbow on Amari for the win as she kisses her ring to Dexter. Um, the match got a plus one overall segment got a plus two. Next we had MSK backstage. Um, they were walking up and they see the dusty cup. They're like, oh my god, there it is, there it is. Uh, they said it's more beautiful than they remembered. Uh, they said, just like Riddle said, the comeback is better than the setback. They go over, poking fun at each team in the Dusty Cup. The best part of it was uh, Wesley saying, Briggs and Jansen. I don't know, pop me. But uh, next, Dakota Kai comes up and tells MSK that she, wo- that she won this, that we won it. She's acting crazy. We won it. We won this. Uh, so plus one for Dakota. 
Uh, she says nothing defines friendship more than success and walks away. So that's a plus one for Dakota. Nash Carter says, don't put that evil on us, Dakota Kai. Well, um, Wesley crosses his fingers like it's a, like a, a uh, exorcist. Um, plus three segment. That was awesome. All three of those guys, um, MSK and Dakota Kai are awesome. And they were funny and good in that segment. Next, we had Solo Sokoa backstage promo before his match. As he's taping up his wrist, he says to Boa that if he wants to jump, jump him from behind, uh, he wants to fight, that uh, in any language he can understand that, and we'll fight him. Uh, says he doesn't care which one of you shows up, the face paint or not, let's get it. Crowd's chanting, oos, oh, which I'm not sure they want, but it is what it is. It's better than silence. Uh, so... That backstage promo was good. Nothing noteworthy, no points. Next, Kaylee Ray was backstage. She walks on the set of Mandy's photo shoot after they're like done. Um, she asks who this stuff was for. They tell her that it's for Mandy. Uh, KLR says she can show up for a photo shoot, but not to NXT um, for a match or anything. Kay- Kaylee uh, destroys the set, including smashing the camera with her bat. Uh, that was cool. Plus one. Segment plus one. Next, Solo Sokoa versus Boa. Neither got entrances. They came back from commercial, and they were both in the ring. Uh, no paint, or they either came back from commercial or from that Kaylee Ray segment. I'm not sure. Uh, but Boa did not have the paint on. Uh, Sokoa's mouth got busted open early. He was bleeding. Uh, Boa was in control for the beginning part of the match. Uh, Sokoa takes control with a senton uh, in clothesline Boa. Uh, and himself outside of the ring together. He throws Boa on the steps and goes uh, goes to do it onto the table, but gets countered, and Solo gets thrown into the post, and they both get counted out. Uh, they brawl to the back, and Soko- uh, Solo throws a chair at Boa's head and sends him into the back, and uh, they brawl. Uh, match got a zero. Overall, nothing really happened yet. Zero. Um, AJ Styles is backstage uh, in an interview with Mackenzie Mitchell. She asks him what he thinks about what happened, and he says, that's why I love NXT, because those guys are out there with a passion. Everyone has that passion, but Grayson Waller, referring to Solo and, and Boa. AJ says Grayson has nervous confidence, says he'll step up to the plate for the first time, and he'll see the Waller effect end tonight. Uh, AJ says 2022 is his year, and his Georgia Bulldogs won the national championship, uh, which I'm... I hate Alabama and I hate Georgia, and I was rooting for Alabama in this one. I'm an LSU fan, and I just didn't want to see Georgia win a championship. LSU can get a bunch of championships. Whatever. Not a sports pod. Uh, but uh, I'm not going to give him minus one because I dislike his team. He says uh, he'll ride the momentum of the Georgia Bulldogs to the Royal Rumble where he'll win and headline WrestleMania, but it all starts tonight with shutting Grayson Waller's mouth. Good good promo from AJ, plus one. They show a video package of Roddy and Mello. unification match. Uh, and then Mello and Trick drive up to the CWC. Mello uh, is now just the North American champion. Uh, basically, and it ended the Cruiserweight Championship ma- uh, title. So he's just the unification was just basically for the North American champion. Um, and it retired the other one. Uh, he hands his keys to the bouncer at the door and says, "And Trick says, leave it here. We'll be right back.' Um, for I don't know why he needed to give him his keys if they're leaving it here." I've, I don't know if this is that how it works with the valet. You still give it to them, even though you tell them to leave it here. I don't know. All right, Boa and Solo are still fighting backstage. They're using all the weapons they can. Uh, they go back and forth using 
everything they can find. Uh, Solo throws Boa over something, and when it looks like uh, and when Boa looks over, I can't speak. Solo throws Boa over like a one of those just like metal carts they have, um, and when Solo looks over at Boa, over it tries to grab him. Boa shoots a fireball in his face. Uh, when the camera pans back up to Boa after showing Solo's in pain, uh, he was wearing his face paint. Uh, plus one, I'll give that something different. I haven't done fireballs in a while. I don't know if they ever have on NXT, but uh, it looked good. So if it looked bad, it would I would have given a minus. So it's high risk, high reward. Uh, on commentary now, they're saying Von Wagner's suspension has been lifted and his fine has been paid for. Wade asks Vic uh, by who, and Vic has no idea. Um, obvious answer, the obvious guess is Robert Stone. I don't know if they showed Robert watch, Robert Stone watching him last week or not. I can't remember. But he's the one who would pay to, to do that. Maybe Bivens, but I doubt it. Uh, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams promo in the ring. Trick says, first things first, uh, get up and make some noise for your champ. Uh, Trick says, he... <laughs> Uh, when Melo has the gold, it's basically like he has the gold. He says it like PB&J, Shaq and Kobe, and Trick Williams and Big Booty Women, which was funny, plus one. Melo cuts him off and says, let's get back on track. He says he had one of the toughest matches and opponents and wants to take uh, a moment of silence for Roddy's Cruiserweight title. He has a bottle of, in a brown bag and pours them out. I don't know if there's anything in it, but he poured, uh, pretended to pour some out while Trick holds up a Roddy t-shirt. Uh, Melo basically just put himself over in a fantastic promo. Uh, I gave it plus one. Couldn't write everything out and keep up, and I'd have to rewatch it a hundred times to get all the good lines in. But go back and watch that if you if you didn't watch NXT. It's a really good promo. Uh, he talks. He ends up talking about the name of the title and says, "It doesn't matter what we call it. This is the A title." Uh, AJ Styles comes out as he was leaving and cross paths. Uh, and they tease those that match. So they tease Santos, Escobar, and Braun Breaker, and AJ Styles, and M- Mello. Uh, I give that a plus one as well. Overall segment got a plus three. Uh, Mello goes out. Mello and Trick go outside to his car, back to his car, and uh, uh, he doesn't. He tries to get the keys back from uh, the bouncer. He says he doesn't have them. Grimes is uh, Grimes is end up standing next to Mello's car with the keys in his hand. He, uh, he says to the, flips the keys up uh, to Mello, and says, moon. And then when Mello drops, he says, don't miss, ha-ha. Uh, which is, I gave a plus one, so overall got a plus one. Next, we have the main event, AJ Styles versus Grayson Waller. Um, there's actual dual AJ Styles, Grayson Waller chance uh, in the CWC. Waller gives Styles a neck breaker uh, on the ropes that flung him to the outside. Uh, Waller then hits the ropes, slides under the ring, uh, underneath the bottom rope, delivers a nasty clothesline to AJ, who was on the outside. AJ sold it well, plus one for that spot. Uh, Waller's in full control at the first commercial break. Uh, AJ does his comeback spot where he does a bunch of punches, the kick, the uh, the spinning back fist, and then the clothesline. Um, he does a sliding forearm and then a fireman's carry neckbreaker. Um it's called something in Japan, Yushigoroshi, something like that. I don't know how to actually pronounce it, but it's that that move. Uh, Styles goes for the clash, but Waller grabs the rope, um, sends Waller to the outside where he hits the forearm to the outside, not the full phenomenal forearm, but the jumping from in rings to the outside, hitting the forearm. Throws Waller back in, sets up the phenomenal forearm. Waller rolls out of the ring. 
uh, and hangs Styles up on the ropes when he tries to get him uh, and hits a nasty elbow to the back of the head, uh, to Styles' head. That whole that whole sequence got a plus one. Um, so Waller hung Styles up on the rope when he went to go get him and then came back in with an elbow. Uh, Waller really lays his fucking shit in, and I love it because that's not the gimmick where you would think he would do that. Um, it's like if Miz laid his shit in 10 years ago. Um, Waller hits the uh, between the legs elbow drop for a near fall um, from the top rope. He pretends to put a ball between his legs and then hits an elbow drop. Uh, Styles ca- uh, gets a counter into the calf crusher after that. Crowd is really hot all match, um, which which always helps. Um, Waller hits darkness falls for a near fall. I, I don't think he's calling it anything, so... I'm calling it Darkness Falls until I hear another name for it, which is Evil's move in New Japan. You get him up on a shoulder, Fireman's Carry, and then you throw him. So if his head is on your right shoulder, you more push him up so he's vertical and then down into like a sit-down powerbomb, Alabama slam type thing. Um, Just a cool move, and it's a cool move that goes right into a pin. Um, Waller goes for the Styles Clash himself, gets backdropped. Styles goes... Uh, for the phenomenal forearm, and Waller runs out of the ring again. AJ jumps and rolls. Uh, Waller, uh, AJ jumps and rolls. Waller ends up hitting a stunner for a near fall. Um, as a plus one, that was looked really cool. Just clean out of the roll, catches him stunner, near fall. A few times you think maybe Waller wins this match. Um, Styles Clash um, countered. AJ ducks and hits the Pele kick. And then gets a brain buster. Styles hits a phenomenal forearm and gets the win. AJ gets on the mic and says he loves kicking his ass. Loves kicking Waller's ass. Um, Waller's good but not phenomenal. He says his night isn't over yet and wants to introduce him to one of his friends. LA Knight's music hits and he comes out. Plus one. LA Knight's return was pretty cool. Um, AJ putting him over and AJ referencing their friendship, which I'm sure dates back to Impact. Uh, Waller runs back into the ring and runs into AJ and turns around. AJ um, runs into AJ but turns around into an LA Knight clothesline. Uh, Knight throws him around the ringside area over the announce table into the ring uh, and clotheslines him over the top rope. Knight and AJ face off but high five and hug and pose on the ropes as the show goes off the air. Overall, the match was fucking fantastic. AJ Styles is great. Grayson Waller is great. Um, well, AJ Styles is phenomenal. Let me get that right. And he's much better than Grayson Waller, but Grayson Waller's fucking awesome for how little he's been on TV. Um, so plus seven for the match. Overall, got a plus eleven. Welcome back, LA Knight. I'm, since LA Knight's turned face, I've been so much more invested in him. I don't know why. Um, but hopefully, he does something good, uh, important, and maybe he even feuds with Waller now. Actually, I guess they have to because he laid him out. I forgot that's why he was out. He he laid him out on the on the outside and. I don't know if he stole his car or got in his own car and drove away. I forget what the thing was. Maybe he stole his girl in his car and laid him out. Um, so, yeah, they need to blow off match at least. But uh, overall, the show got a plus 29. Really good show. Um, no, It's no hard, uh, New Year's Evil, but, I mean, those are special. Those are special shows. So No one got negatives today for the show, um, which is good. Uh, Mandy Rose, Cameron Grimes, Gacy, Harlan, Anofi, Blade, Imperium, Walter, and MSK as a team got zero. I gave Nash Carter a point. 
for the um, for what he said to Dakota. Uh, so him, Kaylee Ray, Boa, Silasakoa, Amari Miller, Casey Caden, Indy Persia, Braun, Electra Lopez, uh, Legato as a tag team. The Legato meaning um, Mendoza and uh, TJZ. I can't remember his fucking name from right now. Just drawing a blank. Uh, Zion Quinn, Trick Williams, Grimes, and Ellie Knight all got plus ones. Dakota Kai, Wendy Chu, Santos Escobar, uh, Carmelo Hayes got plus twos. Pete Dunn a plus four. Tony Dia plus five. Grayson Waller plus ten. Your MVP, AJ Styles with a plus twelve. And the match and segment of the night was obviously the main event. AJ versus Waller. So there you have it. Really good episode of NXT. Let's move on to Dynamite. All right. AEW Dynamite, uh, January 12th from the PNC Arena in Raleigh, North Carolina. Starts with Adam Cole and Red Dragon in the ring, cutting a promo. Reminds everyone uh, they hasn't, uh, they haven't been, that Cole hasn't been pinned or submitted or lost in singles competition since he's came to AEW. Uh, Young Bucks and Cutler come out and ask uh, what's going on here. Matt says thanks for the invite. Kyle says with respect, nobody invited you to Jacksonville either, but you interfered in our match when we had no need for it. Matt says you're right, our bad. But to make one thing clear, it's their company, and they're the longest-running tag champs, and their New Year's resolution is to get their belts back. Kyle says, oh, my God, we have the same re- resolution in Kyle fashion. Plus one, pop me. Uh, Bobby says no one is going to step in the uh, step in the way of the, uh, Red Dragon getting the titles, and that includes the Young Bucks. Cole says this is what we need, some friendly competition, and says it's what makes them the greatest faction in AW history, comparing them to best friends who... Are uh, who he calls complete jokes, and then the best friends instantly come out. Uh, Cole asks, uh, for the love of God, to cut the stupid music, even which I love best friend's song, uh, and asks what Orange Cassidy has to say. Orange Cassidy spears Cole, and everybody brawls. Bobby looked at Cole get beat up in that while he was still in the ring, and then rolled out of the ring anyway, or left the ring on his own anyway, instead of helping. Uh, Cole low blows Orange Cassidy. Chris Statlander comes down and gets in Cole's face, but Britt Baker comes out and beats up Statlander and stomps her. Uh, she holds up Orange Cassidy's head, and Cole super kicks him and hits uh, the boom, which is the last shot if you only watch NXT. Uh, the Bucks go to kiss Cole on the cheek, but Britt stops him and uh, and then kisses Cole, and they make out. And it honestly got a subpar pop. I thought it would get a huge pop. A uh, good segment, plus, plus one. Um... Wardlow gets a video package, which was pretty cool. Um, nothing of note, but it put him over big, and it looked good, so I gave it a plus one. Next, we have Wardlow uh, with MJF versus CM Punk, and this is pretty much where things started going downhill. Um, Wardlow, they said it won 18 straight matches coming into this. Awesome. Uh, Punk comes out to a very small pop um, for his theme, but they chanted his name pretty much all match, so it made up for it. Um, North Carolina did not have that many people in the arena, but um, they made the best of it. They were pretty loud when they wanted to be. Um, the graphic says Punk is 9-0 and uh, and 8-0 and since his debut, um, which is no no shit. You're 9-0, and obviously, or 8-0 and since your first match that you won. I don't know. Um, but here we go with the match. CM Punk leaves the ring to start. Uh, but Wardlow goes out there with him. Punk gets back in the ring, and Wardlow goes after him again. Uh, crowd does chant CM Punk loudly for a few seconds, and then later they do some dueling chants, like I said. Uh, Wardlow goes for the powerbomb, but CM Punk escapes and leaves the ring. 
Wardlow throws Punk into the corner, and Punk goes for the uh, throws him into the corner, and Punk does the Triple H spot, which hits the hits the, uh, the corner and then flies over the top rope. Um, it's just funny seeing Punk do a spot made famous by Triple H. Um, Wardlow uh, just overpowering Punk. Um, it's pretty pace, pretty much paced like a snail. Um, very slow, boring. Uh, Punk tries a tornado DDT from the top, but Wardlow throws him off. Punk escapes a powerbomb and kicks Wardlow in the head, who no-sells it. Punk kicks and clotheslines him uh, uh, a lot of times, uh, and Wardlow doesn't go down. Punk hits a springboard clothesline and, and finally gets Wardlow down. Uh, Punk hits a corner knee, flips off MJF, and gets caught, and uh, Wardlow turns it into a powerbomb. Wardlow hits a second powerbomb but doesn't cover and says he's going to do it one more time. And hits a third, and then a fourth, and then a fifth. Warlow puts a boot over uh, Punk, and MJF screams to take his foot off and do more damage. Warlow hits a sixth powerbomb, uh, as MJF says to do it again, and hits a seventh powerbomb. MJF mocks the crowd, and Punk rolled to the apron in a lot of pain. Warlow goes to get Punk, and MJF stops him and uh, and says, uh, tells the t- uh, clears the timekeeper's table and tells him to hit a powerbomb through the table, in which Warlow does which would be the 8th powerbomb. Apparently, tables aren't disqualification in AEW if you don't set them up yourself. Okay? Um, Those are the rules. Uh, And then Punk ends up crawling back into the ring at the 9 count. Um, So now he's 8 powerbombs in. MJF yells at Wardlow to powerbomb him again. Punk ends up rolling Wardlow and gets the win. Uh, I gave that finish a minus 5. This is one of the most brutal bookings I've ever seen in wrestling. It does nobody good. It keep it, all it does is your precious records by keeping CM Punk undefeated for no reason. He literally got murdered. Nine power bombs or eight power bombs. One no, it was nine power bombs. One through a table, and he still could um, could barely walk, but could roll up M- uh, Wardlow in a shitty roll up. It just doesn't make sense. You don't need it. Wardlow could have just beaten him, and it could have just been bullshit. Um, and Punk didn't need the win to move on to Spears. To do, I feel like they could have easily done it, and they just wanted the MJF to freak out and to set up the next match and to have him beat every single one. If you're gonna do that, just have him win the match. Just have him wrestle a really good match and have MJF accidentally cost um, Wardlow again, or just do another roll up. But don't have him get murdered for an hour and do the roll up. People are saying it's like an homage to a Bret Hart Diesel match, but um, if you watch the match, Diesel powerbombed him once or twice and then got rolled up after a competitive match. Um, so, I mean, Punk really is running out of ideas. Yeah, he came back and did a Darby match that was exactly like a Bret Hart match. The, the match with Darby was exactly like a Bret Hart match um, with X-Pac. So, one, two, three, kid. So, Punk needs to uh, get creative and come up with his own fucking matches. Um, the match got a minus three, so overall got a minus eight. Um, but after after the match, I forgot to say, MJF yells at Wardlow that he can't win big matches. Wardlow grabs MJF's finger and uh, Spears runs and tries to uh, calm them down. Wardlow uh, walks out on both of them. Next, we have Powerhouse Hobbs with Ricky Starks versus Dante Martin. Uh, Dante Martin runs uh, runs to the ring and Hobbs meets him on the ramp and they start brawling before the match gets underway. Martin hits a crossbody, sending both of them over the top rope. Hobbs catches Martin with a spine buster, hits him on the floor. Hobbs throws him back into the ring and uh, slows the pace down. 
uh, Hobbs throws Dante into the corner, and he does the Triple H spot that Punk just did in the last match, minus one. Um, that's just like a normal rule of any wrestling show. Indie, TV, doesn't matter. You don't do similar moves in, in the match because then it just waters it down and makes it look stupid, especially spots that don't need need to be done. Um, Dante end up, ends up firing up, uh, quickens the pace, hits a missile drop kick from the top. Hobbs... Uh, Stops him like a wall eventually. Taz on commentary uh, was doing a good job this entire match. He critiques his guys uh, and calls the match like it is. He doesn't do shitty heel or shitty manager commentary where he just puts over his own guy and and nothing ha- and just says everything wasn't his fault or look how good he is. He was saying Hobbs needs to do this. Hobbs needs to do that. Watch out, Hobbs. Like blah blah blah. Ma- Martin's doing this good. Martin's doing that good. So good job, Taz. Uh, Ricky Starks is on the apron, uh, and Jay Lethal comes down and pulls him off. Martin hits the nosedive, um, which is a double spring springboard moonsault, and gets the win. Um, after the match on the outside, Starks went to jump over Martin. Um, or went to jump on Martin to like attack him, but Martin was supposed to move and run out of the way, but Starks he didn't, so Starks kind of just jumped over him. It's not Starks' fault. Uh, Martin should have moved. Uh, not not important enough to get points or anything, get rid of points, but. Um, it was just funny. Uh, match got a plus two overall, plus one. Uh, inner Circles backstage interview with Alex Marquette, uh, Marvez. Uh, he asked Jericho how he feels about getting PW, uh, fa- PWI Faction of the Year, which is hilarious that they are talking about it. Uh, Jericho puts over the Inner Circle and talks about having Sammy's back tonight versus Garcia. And if 2.0 wants to get involved, they can stop him. Eddie Kingston walks in and looks to the camera and winks. And nods, or nods, he doesn't wink, he nods. He says, sup, which is funny, plus one. Eddie tells Jericho to mind his business. No one cares about Sammy, especially him. Says he wants Garcia, but uh, he messes his knee up. He points to uh, Santana Ortiz, says, you know why you guys haven't been tag champs? And then points at Jericho. Jericho tells Eddie to shut up and that the inner circle is family and doesn't uh, care what happens on the streets in New York or on the indies. This is the big leagues and this is family. Santana stops them and says, let's get this shit together. And then he leaves. Uh, Eddie asks Ortiz him too, and Ortiz walks away. Hager nods and nods his head and walks away in silence. Uh, and Eddie mocks them as family. That was cool. Plus one uh, gives the story a lot of uh, a lot of places to go. Uh, Jericho says, "I'm going to be in Sammy's corner tonight. If you're going to be there, too great. But keep in mind, if 2.0 get involved, I'll kick their ass. And if you get involved, I might kick your ass too." Eddie says he's begging him. Jericho says to GFY and leaves. And Eddie says, "What is GFY?" Which I, I guess is go fuck yourself. Um, so that's a plus one too. Just good back and forth. Overall, got a plus three. Uh, MGF comes out pissed, cuts a promo on the ramp, says uh, he tells that stop the program. Um, he sarcastically congratulates Punk on the win and says he knows he's hurting and he got a fluke win. MGF says he, next week he's giving everyone the match he wants. Screams it's CM Punk. For Sean Spears. I knew he was going to say it and it still popped me. I gave him a plus two on that. Good job by MGF. Uh, next, we had Adam Cole, the Young Bucks, and Red Dragon backstage. Kyle calls Brandon Cutler Landon and tells him not to make too much eye contact. I gave, that was, it was funny. Kyle again popped me. Plus one. Uh, Matt Jackson corrects him, tells him it's Brandon. Cutler thanks him for standing up for him, and they, they uh, and the Bucks tell him to shut up. Cole addresses best friends. And say they've beaten him so many times. They've beaten them so many times. It's silly. 
uh, and beating them up so many times it's silly cole tells statlander that she thinks she may be uh this whole time she may have been safe but now and then Britt walks in and challenges chris statlander and orange cassidy to a mixed tag team match Britt yells cut and tells Brandon Butler to stop recording. I laughed at that too, so gave Britt a plus one. Uh, he corrects her saying it's Cutler, and everyone yells at Brandon to shut up. And Kyle says, no eye contact. Uh, overall, got a plus two. Hangman Page comes to, comes to the ring, cuts a promo. Says he spent 90 minutes in the ring with one of the best in the world. Says it was the most important thing in wrestling uh, is the AEW championship. And uh, Hangman says he needs a new challenger. Dan Lambert interrupts him. And talks about cowboy wrestlers watching grow, growing up, calling him the East Coast Urban Cowboy. You know, Page says Scorpio or Page can uh, talk to his face. So Hangman Page says Scorpio Sky or Ethan Page can talk to him face to face. But he doesn't want to talk to a, uh, a Facebook profile of a person. Not sure what that means, but okay. Um, I don't think it was bad dig, but I, I don't really understand. I don't really get it. Uh, Lambert says he misunderstands and he's complimenting Page and says. He knows how good he is, uh, and his matches with Brian were some of the best he's seen as a fan. Uh, Lambert says, you didn't take the Cody Rhodes path to the top with politics, telling Paige he didn't, uh, he did it right, uh, the right way, and expects the, uh, I'm sorry, he did it the right way, but, ex- uh, has exception to his persona, using it as a gimmick. Uh, Lambert mentions the Village People Cowboy, saying he can dress up all he wants, and it doesn't make him a cowboy. <laughs> says, um... Keep everything you have except uh, except that gimmick and stop disrespecting the legacies of the Dick Murdochs and Blackjack Mulligans because anyone from the Carolinas or Virginias trying to steal their clout by pretending they're something they're not, um, that's completely full of cowboy shit. Um, the cheap heat, whatever, but the cowboy shit line was good, plus one overall for that, uh, that part. Uh, Page talks. Uh, about his cowboy upbringing on farms and stuff mentions he turned down a big contract to come to AEW a new company become and became the world champion and isn't that cowboy shit enough page uh invites him to get in the ring and can tell him who the real cowboy is lambert says that won't happen and goes to leave but lance archer makes his return archer goes after lambert and lambert goes into the ring and begging archer not to hurt him saying you're in the ring with the world champion don't waste this opportunity uh, Archer clotheslines Hangman and attacks him with the chair. Archer then hits it blackout on the uh, the steel chair for a plus one. So the chair was like seated, like you put it put the legs down, and then the blackout. If you don't know, um, you lift him up, kind of like a razor's edge, but he's face forward. So you're looking the same way as the guy who you're lifting up um, behind your back. Then you lift him forward and then throw him onto the chair, um, flipping him onto the chair. Next we had. Uh, uh, segment got plus two if I didn't say that. Arn Anderson, Brock Anderson, and Lee Johnson are backstage with Tony Schiavone. Uh, Arm is proud of his tag team and says they can smell uh, that they're in horseman country. Tully and FTR come up and says they agree it's horseman country. Tully says if you want to relive those days, drop the dead weight and join us. Arn reminds them that one of his uh, one of his one of them is his son and to be careful what they say. Uh, FTR says. They can do more with Anderson's name than his son can, and they challenge him to a match next week. So set up a match. We'll see what they got. Uh, segment got a zero. Jade Cargo, TBS video package. Uh, Jade basically, the only thing notable was she called it the TBS title, That Bitch Show. So, I don't know. I gave it a zero. Sheeta versus, uh, Hikaru Sheeta versus Serena Deeb. Uh, Deeb attacks Sheeta on her way to the ring with a chop block. Deeb uh, lifts and tries to throw Sheeta's knee into the... Uh, 
into the steps, but uh, it more got her foot than her knee. But Cheetah was basically selling the knee the whole time, uh, t- but tells the ref she can wrestle. Match starts. Uh, Deeb works the knee for a few minutes and gets the serenity lock in, and ref Paul Turner calls for the bell. After Deeb gets Cheetah's kendo stick and swings it at, at the ref and the doctors and then attacks Sheeta more, and the refs come in, uh, and Aubrey Edwards pull Deeb, uh, pulls Deeb back until she eventually leaves. Uh, I'm just happy Paul Turner ended this match. Um, if they were just going to work the knee the whole time and whatever, they've wrestled a bunch. Match got a zero, overall got a zero. Jurassic Express and Christian were backstage with Tony Schiavone next. Uh, Christian says he wishes Phoenix a speedy recovery and says he's one of the best. Tony asks what's next for Jungle Express, uh, and Jungle Boy says whoever wants a piece is next, and they worked so hard to get their titles, and they'll work even harder to get uh, to keep them. So any top five team that wants a shot, they got it. Silver and Reynolds walk up to them and say they want a top five team. Christian Sherman says, yeah, if you see one, let us know. Silver challenges them to a match on Rampage. Jungle Boy accepts, and Luchasaurus hisses a yes, <sighs> whatever he does. Uh, Matt Hardy and Private Party are in the ring, cut a promo. They tell Penna he's sorry about Phoenix and the downfall of Lucha Bros and remind him uh, when his team beat him in a five-on-five match. Uh, Matt's wife and kids are sitting front row as Matt's in his home state. Um, Matt says he's going to send Penna to the hospital so he can be with his brother. Next, we have Matt versus Penna. Penna comes out. Um, they go back and forth doing the Sierra Miedo and Delete, who is whatever. Uh, Penna takes off his glove to do the gimmick, and Hardy grabs his arm, and they start wrestling. Um, Matt Hardy misses the moonsault, and Penna hits uh, the Fear Factor, which is a package pile driver, for the win. Man, I get, the match is much better than I thought it would be a terrible Matt Hardy match, uh, but a plus one and an overall one. Penta and his manager are in the ring. Alex something, I forget his name, and I forgot to write it down. Uh, they're in the ring. They call it Malachi Black. Uh, Penta says Sierra, and then the lights go out. Uh, Black is in the ring and kicks uh, his manager, Alex. Uh, then him and Penta start going at it. Black goes to uh, rip Penta's mask off. The Varsity Blondes make their make the save, but Black uh, make the save beating up Black, and Black is just on the mat um, while they surround him, and he's laughing. Black is. The lights go out, and Brody King, uh, when the lights go on, Brody King is in the ring and gets a pretty decent pop. Um, King takes out all three. Black gets up and hits Garrison with a suplex. Um, oh, he gets him in suplex position but throws him to Brody who does a power slam, which is a cool tag team move. Um, nothing special considering it was a debut, but it was also it was very expected and should have happened weeks ago or thought to happen weeks ago. Overall, zero. Uh, next, we had Layla Hirsch, Chris Statlander, and Red Velvet backstage with Tony Schiavone. Tony asks him about the mixed tag with Orange Cassidy. Asks Chris Statlander about the orange, uh, the tag with Orange Cassidy versus Britt and Cole. Chris asks Tony. Chris um, asks Tony if she can handle it since she's uh, since. Sorry, Chris Statlander tells Tony, "You think you can handle it since you're fr- best friends with Britt Baker?" And he laughs. Uh, Layla cuts her off and tells Chris, uh, "It's a little selfish since they have a match on Rampage," and asks her. Uh, shouldn't she be focused on that more? Chris tells her she's not selfish like her who always needs the pin and uh, and that she helps all of her friends out, not just some of them. And if she couldn't handle it, then she wouldn't have done it. She tells, uh, tells her to let her make her own decisions and back off. I gave Chris a plus one. She cut a good promo on her. Red Velvet tells them if they have any chance of winning on Rampage, they need to be cool. Chris and Layla fist bump and say they're cool. Um, Statlander's awesome, but besides that, I got nothing for this promo. So, plus one overall. 
the acclaimed um, are about to have a match. They, I'll go over their entrance and their rap. Um, they say uh, the acclaim leave their opponents mo- all motionless. Our opponents have no shot like Novak Djokovic. It's a pretty re- uh, good, clever, uh, um, clever line that is current because Novak's unvaxed. Novaxed. Um, and he did something stupid by like doing a photo shoot without a mask or an interview without a mask or not telling him he had COVID or something. Um, and then he says, we got North Carolina jumping. Bear country got erectile dysfunction. Just such a dumb line. Minus one. Um, I just, uh, just like I imagine, you look way worse after the 10-year challenge. It's just that such a dumb line trying to be cool and, and hip and relevant. He got a decent one with the Novak Djokovic line, but God, he thinks 10-year challenge is so cool. Minus one. Uh, this goes out to Darby and Sting. You're two bitch. Some, some word I couldn't understand, and I watched it three or four times um, to even walk in our ring. You're too much of a bitch, basically, to walk in our ring. I give it a minus one. Stop saying bitch in promos. Not just not to Max Gasser, to everyone. Uh, minus three overall for the entrance. Um, next, we have the Acclaim versus Bear Country. Um, Bear Country attacked the Acclaim to start. Max Caster gets the tag and hits the rope, a top rope for a crossbody, and then does an awful air guitar celebration that would make Tanahashi want to cry, who is a Japanese wrestler, if you don't know. Very famous, very uh, much a living legend, and uh, does the air guitar. He's the ace. Uh, Boulder hits the end of days on uh, both the Acclaimed at the same time. Call it, they called it a fallaway slam, which it basically is, but it was Corbin's end of days on both guys at once. Uh, Bear Country misses the Bear Bomb, which is one of them on each other's shoulders and drops them on the opponent. These are two big dudes. Um, looked like the Acclaimed, I forget which one it was, rolled and then rolled early, or they threw him late, and it looked like they were like, why'd you throw him? <laughs> it was already gone. Uh, Bowens hangs on to Bronson. Uh, on the rope, and Caster hits the mic drop, which is uh, the elbow, just an elbow drop. Uh, I said Bowen hangs Bronson on the rope, like his neck, um, choking him, and then falls to the ground, and then hits the elbow drop. It's a weak finish for a guy who's a much bigger opponent. He fall, he does a fucking, he does a bump because you choke him up on the on the rope, and then loses to an elbow drop. Whatever, it is what it is. Uh, on their way up to the ramp, Sting's music hits and comes out with a bat. Caster walks back towards the ring, and Darby comes from the other side doing a suicide dive onto Caster. Sting takes out Bowens. Sting hits a scorpion death drop on Caster. Um, overall, the match got a zero in the, the segment. Overall, got a zero. But I just don't. I don't. I think they should have just had a stare down. You uh, you don't have these shit heels get touched by the guys that we know are going to beat them up until the match. Now I have no need to see the match. They already beat the shit out of them. Um. But yeah, that's my gripe. Don't don't have them touch. Whatever. Next, we had a, a pack video package. Uh, Pac, um, I'll say Pac. Sorry, Pac says he uh he had been blinded, but now he can see everything. Uh, Pac says he isn't angry. He ap- appreciates the blessing and says his perspective is different and his vision has never been so clear. Um, it was really cool video package. So plus one. Um, they announced. After that, they announced matches on Dynamite next week, showing Cody will be back. The crowd actually booed pretty loudly. Um, they'll cheer Dustin, but boo really loudly for Cody, which is funny. Uh, it just really looks dumb that they did this um, TNT interim championship for one week. 
Uh, Matt Hardy and Private Party backstage with Tony. Tony tells Matt, uh, "This must, uh, this must not have been the outcome he wanted in your hometown, or home state." Matt said uh, he might have been looking towards the future too much, and maybe it's time to focus on himself before something else to change. I would say, Matt, please focus more on the future and not on yourself, and let Private Party do things and take other people under your wing, and not wrestle. Andrade ends up coming up to Matt and telling him to take it easy and that they and he needs to focus and he says they're both businessmen who love money. Um, Andrade wants to negotiate a deal and Matt says he would love to work something out but not in front of the people. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, no points. Next we have the main event. Sammy Guevara versus Daniel Garcia for the interim TNT championship. David Crockett is at ringside and will give the belt to the winner as he did to uh, Sammy in the match against Dustin. Uh, Jericho and Eddie Kingston are both at ringside for this match to start. Um, it starts with like good, like good sloppy shoot fighting. Like when it's sloppy, like sometimes it can be sloppy and good because it looks real. And Garcia's great at that, and Sammy was really good at it too. So a good start to the match. A lot of nasty slaps and chops. And there was a leapfrog spot where Sammy jumps uh, again, and Garcia catches him into a backbreaker. Sammy goes for a double springboard, but Garcia rolls out to the ring. Sammy hits a double springboard swanton to the outside area onto Garcia. Uh, Garcia blocks the GTH and gets a deep sharpshooter in. Um, good counter. Sammy does the worst crossroads I think I've ever seen, and there have been some bad people that... Uh, MJF did a really bad one once, um, but uh, Priest has done some bad ones. Um but that was might have been the worst one, so I give it a negative one, and that got a near fall. Sammy goes for the double springboard again, but gets caught into a choke. Um, so based on just Sammy's last two matches, like you can figure out formulas for wrestling matches and what guys do. And a Sammy's a, I almost said Sammy's name. A Sammy Guevara formula now is hit the du- double springboard, probably most likely to the outside of the ring. Hits connects. He does at some point. He'll go for another double springboard in the ring, and it'll get countered. So his last two matches it basically cracked that formula. Um, and I, 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 you may think I don't like Sammy. I really do like Sammy. He's a vlogger. Uh, I'm big into that, that. Watching those, I was big into watching those before he went to AEW where it kind of just became the same thing every week. But um, I love vlog, vloggers and videos and stuff like that. That's my type of stuff. So, And he's a great wrestler, and I like him. He's just these last couple shows, I, he's done things that have not sat well with me. Um. So after he's in the choke, Garcia transitions and now standing choke uh, and hits a pile driver for a near fall. 2.0 jump Kingston and Jericho, take them out. Uh, I'm sorry, they jump Kingston and Jericho and take them take Kingston and Jericho out. Sammy counters and hits uh, hits a knee, goes for the GTH, but distracted by 2.0. Garcia rolls up Sammy and gets a near fall. Sammy counters by throwing Garcia into Lee on the apron and hits a really just bad GTH. Um, it like hit the top of his head. Um, he didn't like get enough momentum and throw Garcia enough, and it he went down slowly and hit his head like slowly to the knee, and then the knee hit the top of the head instead of the face, and then he kind of fell down weird. Um, and he, you could see Sammy the way the camera was slap his leg um, right in front of the camera, and when which is fine you can do that, but when it doesn't connect and you still slap, it's like that's more noticeable. So I give that spot a minus one. Um, 2.0 takes out Sammy. Um, uh, the GTH got him the win. Uh, 2.0 takes out Sammy, but Jericho and Kingston make the save. Uh, Kingston, who is selling a knee injury, uh, 
slow to get in the ring and attack one of the 2.0 guys. Uh, so Jericho ends up taking him out both with a bat uh, before Kingston could do something to him. Kingston gets in Jericho's face and calls him selfish, want, saying he, that was him. He has problems with him. He wants to take him out. Overall, and that's how the show goes off the air. Overall, match got a plus three, and then overall got a plus one. Match plus three, overall plus one. Dynamite overall got a plus five. Um, really brought down by the Punk uh, Wardlow segment. Say you put that in, you take that match out, that got a minus eight. That's, uh, what is that, 14 points? 13 points? Can't do math. So it would be a plus 13, and then say you replace that or do it do it well and got a plus, so it would have been over that. So that really brought it down, but it was just so bad. I, I, I just don't know how anyone could have enjoyed that. Um, so are we going over points individually? Wardlow, um, I'm sorry, starting with Punk, got a uh, minus 8. Wardlow got a minus 7. We have Max Caster with a minus 3. Young Bucks, Bobby Fish, Orange Cassidy, Trent, Chuck Taylor, Adam Cole, Hangman Page, Arn Anderson, Brock Anderson, Lee Johnson, Tully Blanchard, FTR, Jade Cargill, Hikaru Shida, Serena Deeb, Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, Christian John Silver, Alex Reynolds, Brian Pillman Jr., Griff Garrison, Malachi Black, Brody Lee, Layla Hirsch, Red Velvet, Anthony Bowens, Bear Country, and Private Party all got zeros. I'll give AEW credit, and then I'll kind of take it away in a second. Um, they do get a lot of people on these shows, but... At times it is a, it's like overkill. It's a lot of things going on, quickly and quickly. Match ends, interview, back to match, back to interview, interview. It's it's a lot sometimes. Um, I mean I love it. I'm I'm big wrestling guy, so I'll take all of I can get. But um, it is good that they. I think it's ultimately better that they're getting people more people on the show. Um, so back to uh, back to points. Uh, Santana Ortiz, Jake Hager, both got plus one. And um. Dan Lambert, along with Dan Lambert, Archer, Matt Hardy, Pentagon, uh, Chris Statlander, Britt Baker, Dante Martin, Pock, and Sammy Guevara. They all got plus ones. Uh, plus two, MJF, Kyle O'Reilly, uh, Hobbs, Jericho, Eddie Kingston, and Daniel Garcia got a plus three. Uh, those are all plus twos, and Daniel Garcia got a plus three. Um, so match in, or segment of the night, I'm going to say the match of the night was the main event. Sam Guevara versus Daniel Garcia. The MVP by points was Daniel Garcia. I, If I would give it to someone, I would probably give it to Dan Lambert. I think he killed it on the on the promo. But uh, overall, like I said, plus five would have been better without that that awful, awful finish. So uh, if, the, if, if Wardlow pins him or they do something where CM Punk wins in a normal match, this is probably a plus 15 show. But it's plus five. So overall, pretty good. Just one awful, awful thing. So that's Dynamite. We got to move on to SmackDown. We got Rampage. Uh, got to move on to Friday. Got SmackDown and Rampage. And then that'll be it. All right. We got SmackDown on January 14th at the CHI Health Center in Omaha, Nebraska. It's weird. The The show starts with just a video of Seth Rollins backstage laughing. I thought they were, I gave it a plus one because it, it's an interesting way to start. I thought they were going to go to a promo to him immediately, but it was just him laughing, basically setting up the show and how it would be. Seth Rollins is like, I am here. I'm, I can beat Roman, and this is my life, and I'm loving it. And we'll see you later tonight. But uh, the show actually started with a uh, Usos promo in the ring. Uh, Cole mentions when they're coming out that it's their 180th day of their title reign. Uh, Jimmy is uh, saying yeet. After everything Jay says, um, Jay will be like, we're this. He'll, 
Where that you? Uh, Jay said they respect the um, they respect the new day, and it's the only team to ever push them hard. Um, and the, yeah, so they put them over basically. Xavier Woods is out, so they're not gonna even if they wanted to, they're not gonna face them again for a while. Um, next they said, um, they let everyone know that they run the show, who the bloodline is, and who the best damn tag team are, and said we the ones. Uh, Jay says the grind don't stop though. They should be celebrating or helping out Roman tonight in his face to face. But uh, management is lining them up, and they're gonna knock them down. He announces that there is about to be a fatal four way for the number one contenders match for the number one contendership with the tag team titles. Uh, Jimmy and Jay do their best na- announcer impressions and say, and they announce Los Lotharios say they are more ca- muy caliente, and they look to steal your hearts, your cars, and your uh, and victories. Uh, Cesaro and Mansoor, who are now a tag team apparently, whatever. Um, Ryan texted me. He said, "How do you defend this?" I just said. Better than them not being on TV. Um, and I, it was probably going to be... I would say it might have been Sheamus and Ridge even. Um, and Ridge can't do it. So they uh, they switched them. Not that I thought they had a big, uh, big plans for the future at day one for this tag team match. But that's just like they could have had them in it. And I don't know. They could have just done a triple there. But Fatal 4-Way tags are better. Um, but uh, Cesaro Mansuri says the strongest man in the Swiss Alps, and a man with great hair who uses head and shoulders two for one. Ginger and Shanky, he called them the rats of SmackDown. Um, and Viking Raiders, I gave a plus one of this. They said they are as dangerous raiding the buffet tables as they are raiding the rings. Um, and before the match starts, Jay holds up a mic for Jimmy, like it's uh, Jimmy's Herb Dean in a main event UFC match. And he's, he's holding up the mic behind him under his arms. And he's like, I want a clean fight. But remember this one thing. We the ones. And then they super kick Mansoor and Eric, respectively. I pop for the Herb Dean thing. So plus one. So that segment got a plus two for the Usos. Um, then, it was Los, then it was that match. Los Lotharios versus Cesaro Mansoor versus Jinder and Shanky versus Viking Rangers. Number one contender with the Usos on commentary. Uh, Cesaro and Jinder try to suplex Ivar off the top rope. Eric power bombs them, which supl- ends up suplexing Ivar for a big corner spot. I'm pretty numb to all those corner spots. None, none of them really do anything for me. Um, Cesaro swings Ivar, but Jinder breaks it up. Los Lotharios does a suicide dive. Ivar teases a dive to the outside, but Los Lotharios come to the ring and stop him. Uh, Viking Raiders hit Angel with the Viking experience and get the win. Usos get on the commentary table and the microphone saying, Viking ra- uh, The Vikings raid, pillage, and steal. But they will never. They never went to Samoa. They ask if the Raiders um, think that they can raid with the Usos, because if they do, it'd be one and done. It's just a cool fire promo from the Usos. So plus one there. Match got a plus one for them all, and overall plus two with that Usos uh, promo. Next, Sonya's in her office with Naomi. Naomi says it's cold in here, like your heart. Sonya says, "Don't speak, because every time uh, everything you say is a lie." I'm sorry. Naomi says to Sonya, "Don't speak, because everything you say is a lie." Um. Says uh, she won't let her mess with her career and her opportunities. Saying she could have beaten Charlotte for the uh, for the uh, for the contenders match, and uh, if it wasn't for uh, Sonya switching the rules, um, said uh, she hasn't even given her a reason why she keeps hating so hard, um, and Sonya reminds her that she's her boss and can- and Naomi can't hit her. When her jacket's when she has her jacket on, 
She's her boss and she can't get hit. Sonya says Naomi walks in here with main character vibes when everyone knows she's an extra. And if she doesn't listen uh, to her, she can take away her rumble match or even fire her. For It's up to her. It's her choice. Naomi's. Naomi leaves and Pierce walks in mention it's cold and looks to turn on the heat. Uh, segment got a zero. Roman versus Seth. Uh, Road to the Rumble video package. They did a couple of these throughout the night. Loved them. Uh, gave them all plus ones. Uh, the first one was showing the Shield arc, um, how what how they became tag team champs, and I think that's where it ended with Seth and Roman winning tag team champ gold together. But talked about the entire Shield. They didn't shy away from showing uh, Moxley or Ambrose video uh, in the footage, but they didn't show any unnecessary or extra with him in it. Um, so yeah, plus one. Sami Zayn presents Inzane is up next. Uh, he says Johnny Knoxville is the newest part of the conspiracy, basically. Uh, Sammy says he loves the Knox that Knoxville is in the Rumble because he can offici- now he officially enters and can show anything he can do. Johnny Knoxville, anything Johnny Knoxville can do, he can do better. Um, he says I'm going to show you when it comes to being a jackass. No one is better than Sammy Zayn. I gave that a plus one. That was a funny line. Um, and he show and he's going to do the first episode of Inzane, which is a live jackass that he's doing himself. Um, Sammy attempts, says he's going to jump. He comes out in a shopping cart. He goes back to the back, comes out in a shopping cart with helmet and elbow pads on and two guys that are going to push the shopping cart. There's a huge ramp in front of the ring, a wooden ramp. And on the other side of the ring, there's a crash pad. And then that goes, it's on the floor and then stands up on like in front of the announce desk with a big X on it. Um, so it would look off. Like if he land, if he actually did, it would just hurt so bad. Um, it probably wouldn't make it. Um, Sammy, uh, says the cart feels smaller than when they practiced. And, uh, he's, and I said, he I already said he's wearing helmet and elbow pads. Uh, he comes out, uh, he counts to three and they start running and he says, stop. And he says, it's not on three. It's on go. Um, Sammy says one, two, three, go. And they rush to the ring. <laughs> Sammy says it's, uh, it's scary and tells everyone to stop yelling at the ring. Basically yelling towards the ring. Basically he's like, this is scary. Oh my God. Um, and then they get a little further, and he tells us to, everyone to stop. The crowd boos loudly, and he says he just wants to make sure it's safe. This is just gr- classic heel stuff, so plus one for Sammy. This is just great work. Um, and he's checking everything. Rick Boogs comes out. Um, Pat no, Pat said uh, said this, but it's very true. He, said he looks like Freddie Mercury. Um, he's got Freddie Mercury short haircut with the mustache. Um, he gets on the apron. And distracts uh, Sammy. And Nakamura comes in from behind and gives him a Kinshasa when Sammy turns around. Boogs throws Sammy onto the outside, on the, uh, which is on, which threw him onto the crash pad that he was going to land on anyway. So he made it. <laughs> but not in the jackass style. Um, so plus one for that. Uh, segment overall got a plus three. Anytime Sammy Zayn can, can do a segment, it's great. Next we have... We're in gorilla position with uh, Aaliyah getting interviewed by Megan. I don't know her last name yet. Um, yeah, we'll learn that one day. Um, she talks about how she wanted this her entire life and is proud to be in the ring with Natty and says she hopes she doesn't embarrass herself. Natty comes up and says there's no shame in losing to her. In her singles debut, says she is the most winning woman in WWE, and that's one of her three world records as she's holding up the Guinness, the new Guinness Book of World Records. Aaliyah says she didn't even know that was still a thing. And she's like, the way Aaliyah talked, I didn't even know that was a thing. Like, she's on, like, 
Nickelodeon or Disney Channel. Um, and then Aaliyah's music hits and she goes to the ring. After the commercial, Natty's still in Gorilla with the book and talking about how it rep- her, the book represents and her records represent her blood, sweat, and tears uh, in the 14 years she put into WWE. Says that, uh, says that having the records makes her the favorite in the Royal Rumble and... Then Natty lists her records. Most matches for a woman in WWE history. Most pay-per-views for a woman in WWE history. Most victories for any woman in WWE history. Says she's going to add a fourth tonight and beat Aaliyah in faster than 3.8 seconds to have the quickest victory of any woman in WWE history. And when you say that, well, you're going to think, up, oh, the opposite's happening. But let me assure you that the opposite exactly happened. But before that, Natty beat, beat, even beat up Aaliyah before the bell rang. Uh, the ref goes to stop the match, and Aaliyah then says she can compete. But uh, when the ref was asking her for like a minute before, Aaliyah, can you go? She said nothing. But right as she's going to, he's going to stop the match, she's like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Um, and again, just awful acting. So minus one for Aaliyah. She's, she might be able to wrestle. Who knows? I don't think she's great in the ring, but her acting and her, her facials and her, the way she talks is not going to improve her career um but the bell rings and Aaliyah instantly rolls up natty um but yeah exactly once you once natty was backstage you knew once she said that backstage you knew she was gonna lose in three whatever seconds uh they after Aaliyah wins they announce that she has broken the record and won in 3.1 seconds which physically shouldn't be allowed to get beat but you could easily have um them justify like a 2.8 or 2.5 and saying referees sometimes count a little fast and obviously no one can count three seconds perfectly but uh match got a zero because it was nothing segment got a minus one they showed the second uh road to rumble with seth and roman and it was seth turning on the shield so plus one for those um next we had alita in the ring doing an interview with michael cole uh cole asked why she's back for the rumble this year um, she says she had many accomplishments and wants to win the Rumble and main event WrestleMania to add to her list. Um, Charlotte interrupts and takes Cole's mic and says she'll interview Lita now. Charlotte says she doesn't know it's Flashback Friday and that it's so extreme um, that she's here and goes, isn't that what you used to say? Just such a terrible insult. Saying Flashback Friday and you're old and extreme. You used to say that, right? I don't know because I wasn't a fan of you. I'm just like, fuck you. So dumb. Minus one. Charlotte says she's in the Rumble as champ, so when she can win, she can pick her opponent at Mania. I thought, I might have even said this last time, that she, if she wins, she would go on to try to be double champ. So I'm, I'd rather that. I'm glad that that's the stipulation. But it's kind of lame to pick your own opponent at Mania. Um, if she does win, she would probably have to get tricked into accepting by uh, a top face. But I don't think Charlotte's going to win. It's just a cool thing to have her do. I'm not mad about that. Um, Charlotte asks how she's going to feel when she's eliminated uh, at the Rumble and it ends a run just like that. Lita asks how she can throw anyone over the top rope with her giant head. Just very corny. These legends are so corny now. Um, The crowd chants giant head, though, um, which I can't believe. The crowd will chant anything. Uh, But it does save Lita from the embarrassment of just a terrible line. Charlotte says when Trish was bored um, as a mom, Trish begged for a match. And when she lost, she retired uh, for good. Trish says Lita, tells Lita the same thing's going to happen to her, basically. Um, but when she said Trish begged me to have a match, uh, you could see Lita saying, that's not true. Um, 
but she didn't say it into the mic, but she mouthed it. Um, Lita then slaps Charlotte and kicks her, uh, kicks her in the stomach and gives her a twist of fate. Uh, overall, segment got minus one. Lita didn't do anything to help herself, but Charlotte really did a lot to give me a negative point. Next, we have a Sheamus interview with Megan in gorilla position. Um, she asks about facing Ricochet, and Sheamus stomp, stops her and says, What's wrong with this picture? Ridge isn't here. What's wrong with this picture is that Ridge isn't here. He's at home with a cotton ball in his nose and, and, and writing on his notepad. Um, he says Ricochet is uh, responsible, and he's going to give him a hurting of his life, and we'll see how he likes it when he leaves the ring with a broken nose. Good, good promo, but no points. Ricochet has a pre-taped interview uh, before the match. Says he'll be he'll do. Uh, there will be nothing better than doing what he did to Ridge, but to Sheamus. So no points there either. Sheamus and Ricochet have a match now. Sheamus slingshots uh, Ricochet under the ring, uh, into the metal base, like under where the weapons are. He did the slingshot move, causing him to go into the metal base, his head and throat. Uh, Ricochet hits a lion saw. Then Sheamus later in the match, who was hanging on the second rope. And Pat calls it a lion's out. And I don't know if that's just a Jericho thing or that's official move of the name. Official name of the move. But uh, I, I always call it a lion's out. Uh, Ricochet ends up doing a sunset flip powerbomb from the apron to Sheamus, who was on the ropes. Um, from He goes from the apron into the ring and powerbombs him in the ring while he was on the second rope. Uh, and then Ricochet does a spring, springboard flip from the second rope. Uh, into a bro kick, which was a sweet finish uh, for a plus one. Match got a plus two. Overall, plus three. We go back backstage to uh, Sonya Deville and Adam Pierce's office. Uh, apparently, it's now hot in the office. Uh, Pierce says he's going to check with maintenance and see if he can fix the heat. Sonya takes off her jacket, and when she does, uh, she, she takes off her jacket, and then Naomi comes in, and like she told her earlier, when her jacket's on, it means she's her boss. And uh, Naomi said, well, your jacket's off, um, so who's the boss now? Pierce just comes back in and basically separates it. Minus one, because it's so dumb. It's like, you did all that, making it, try, like, doing the bit about it being cold and it being hot, just so she takes her jacket off, because she said, when I wear this jacket, I'm your boss. Like, it's not like a literal thing, you idiots. It's a fucking metaphorical point, but uh, just very dumb. Uh, Naomi tells him to, uh, uh, she's been messing with it. Tells Pierce she's been messing with his career, and cost her the match at Charlotte last week when she kept changing the rules. Pierce says Naomi is right and she deserves another chance. So next week, her and Charlotte will run it back for a contenders match. Uh, Naomi tells Star- Sh- Naomi tells Sonya to stay in her cage. Minus one overall segment. Uh, we had the final Rollins and Reigns Road to WrestleMania, which was the thirty WrestleMania thirty one cash in, where Seth cash in on Roman and Brock at the same time when in the middle of their match to end Mania. Uh, another plus one. Next, we had Kofi Kingston uh, in in-ring promo pre-match. Uh, he says he reads a message from the injured Woods in his English accent. Says he has a calf injury uh, from carrying the SmackDown tag division. Says Woods will miss the Royal Rumble and the Rumble can't be royal without somebody from the kingdom. Not the uh, ROH uh stable with Matt Taven, but the kingdom of WWE. So, uh, the hand of the king, Kofi Kingston, will enter the Royal Rumble. Corbin and Moss come out. Uh, Corbin takes out... Uh, t- sorry. Corbin talks about why he's happy and how much money he has, and the only thing that would make him even happier is eliminating Kofi Kingston in the Rumble. And I wish Kofi was just like, you'd rather eliminate me in the Rumble than win? 
Just a dumb thing to say. Corbin says they haven't been this happy since they took out Drew McIntyre and injured his neck. Moss tells a joke. Um, what do you call the new day when it's just Kofi, who's scared to face me and loses control of his bowels? The poo day. And then Kofi laughs uncontrollably, rolling on the ground with laughter and sarcasm, and says, "It's it's uh, says I he has every. It's funny you mentioned poo because he has every intention to drop a royal deuce on Moss's forehead." Uh, nothing for the promo. Kofi Kingston versus Madcap Moss with Corbin at ringside. Uh, not much happens. Kofi throws Moss uh, to the outside, um, and they t- every that's happened a lot on the Raw and SmackDown. Somebody throws him out, and the announcer will be like, "If that was in the Royal Rumble, he'd been eliminated." Uh, and then he dives and does the trust fall onto Moss and Corbin. Moss blocks the SOS by clawing Kofi in the face and hits the punchline for the win. Overall, zero mat for the match, and overall as well got a zero. Uh, Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns face to face in the main event um, segment. I guess I don't want to just calling it the main event. Sounds like it's the main event match. Um, yeah, so they announced that on Sunday it'll be 504 days, and Roman will officially become the longest reigning Universal Champion. Uh, Seth says he wants to do the Shield fist bump to start for all time's sake, and Roman says it's beneath him. Uh, give that a plus one. Uh, Seth tells him he won't acknowledge that, okay, but let's acknowledge the look on your face when I came into your office last week. Seth tells him that the last person he wanted to, that he was the last person Roman wanted to see because their track record for championship matches is pretty one-sided. Seth mentioning he's won them all. Another plus one. Uh, Roman says Seth is talking about the past and he's in good territory now. Um, sorry, he's in God territory now. Um, Roman being in God territory and makes him and he's the greatest of the generation no questions asked Seth says he came out to acknowledge him and uh, all the things he's done but asked Roman if he can look in the mirror and say he did it all on his own Seth uh, says without Roman being uh, without him no sorry Seth says without Roman he would be fine he was already climbing his way up the ranks, and while Roman was riding the pines in the CFL, the Canadian Football League, I gave that a that line a plus one. Uh, Seth says, when they were in the Shield, he was holding Reigns up, and once uh, he hit him in the back with the chair, he couldn't uh, he couldn't do it on his own, and needs his famous bloodline to hold everything up for him. Uh, Seth asks Roman if he's sure he knows who the greatest is. It was just really good stuff from Seth. Um, so plus one. And these are all going to both of them because this is their promo together. And unless it's like something specific one person does, Seth's saying a lot of things, but it's also the way Roman reacts to it. And just in general, the back and forths are getting plus one. But Seth is saying a lot of banger lines. Um, but the only weird thing, it was like, well, there was a long time between uh, Seth's chair shot to Roman breaking up the shield and the bloodline. Uh, he could have mentioned, like, you were a champ on your own. You had the company holding you up. That would, that would have been better. Um, but besides that, it was pre-fire promos. Um, Seth then says he created Rome, Roman and can destroy him. thought that was a cool line. Plus one. Um, and I just gave plus ones to a bunch of different. There, The whole thing got a score, and I kind of divvied it out. Um, Roman says it's a waste of his time and calls Seth a clown and tells him he doesn't have the star power and stays out of everyone. Uh, and says out of everyone on Raw, he wouldn't have picked, uh, he wouldn't have picked Seth. Uh, Roman says it isn't even the person he would have picked in Seth's own household. He would have picked his wife. Another good line, another plus one. 
Uh, Usos try to attack Seth from behind, but Seth dodges it and runs out to the ring and onto the announce table. Usos go out. Seth jumps over Jay, and Jimmy comes out, and sent, and he reverses it and sends Jimmy into the steps uh, and gets back into the ring where he stares Roman down. The Usos quickly go back into the ring, and Roman leave, er, Rollins leaves the other side, going up the ramp. Um, I love that they're making this angle about how Roman can't beat Seth. It's, it's refreshing for Roman because the whole title reign it's like no one can beat roman so now it's like oh well here's somebody he's actually never beaten in singles matches or singles matches for titles so i'm excited so that segment overall got a plus six the show plus 17 um we'll go over uh individuals we got charlotte Aaliyah, and sonia all getting minus one natty lita pierce kofi madcap corbin naomi all getting zeros um Viking Raiders, Los Lothario, Cesaro, Mansoor, Jinder Shanky, Rick Books, Nakamura all getting plus ones. Sami Zayn, Sheamus, Ricochet, and Usos getting a plus three. Roman getting a plus nine, and Rollins getting a plus ten. Obvious uh, awards tonight, match or segment of the night was the main event segment. Seth and Rollins face, Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns face-to-face, and the MVP being Seth Rollins of the day. The point-wise, put him over with that laugh in the beginning. But in general, I would have said Seth was had a better... So I agree. Seth had a better, was better in the promos than Rollins. Uh, damn, than Roman. It's been a, it's almost two hours. We're almost done. Um, so yeah, let's move on to Dynamite or to Rampage, I should say. So this was also on the fourteenth, obviously, uh, at the PNC Arena in Raleigh, where um, Dynamite was. We got Excalibur, Jericho, Tez, and Ricky Starks on commentary, who were all very good. Um, the commentary booth for Rampage is pretty awesome. They um, it's kind of just like a relaxed, fun show, and the announcers are great. Um, it's like having um current players in the booth on their bye week or something, or like when the playoffs happen and you get more uh current players in the pregame and stuff. It's just it's a good perspective. Um, it starts with Adam Cole with uh Britt Baker, Red Dragon, and the Young Bucks, and Brandon Cutler versus Trent Beretta with all the best friends, uh, Orange Cassidy. Uh, Chris Statlander, Chucky e. T, and then the other guys. Who, the other guy, I'm not sure what his name is actually. I don't know if there's one or two more people. Um, but it start it starts with chops and strikes, which I thought was awesome. Um, I really thought it was going to start with a bunch of like counter wrestling, like a lot of these matches do, um, like the Cole and um, and a Jake Atlas match, and it's just like one uh, one of the preferred styles of the, the company so but this was uh these guys have had a pretty long feud so good to just start out beating the shit out of each other gave that a plus one cole goes for the panama sunrise from the apron onto the outside but gets backdrop trent goes to spear cole through the uh barricade where the fans are but he moves and trent uh rams his head and neck into the barricade and he'd already been selling the neck it was a pretty nasty spot looked good um trent hits a brain buster from the top rope for a near fall it was like a suplex but it wasn't a super it was more of a brain buster i don't know if it was on purpose or not but uh no one's heard or anything uh cole does the hbk stomps and jericho goes oh i know that those that sound well or something like to that nature so i give that a plus one for jericho uh trent pile drives uh cole on the apron uh trent went for the strong zero which i think it was called the dude buster at one point which i know it was his tag team with kaylin croft long time ago in WWE, but it's the one where um it's kind of like Hangman's dead eye, basically. And that's his finish. 
now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, but Cole reverses that into a Destroyer, um, which is obviously a Panama Sunrise, basically, but not from jumping from the rope. That gets a near fall. Cole goes for the Panama Sunrise, but gets countered into Strong Zero. Uh, Cole gets his foot on the rope. Everyone fights um, at ringside. Uh, the ref gets distracted, and Cole low blows Trent. Uh, hits the boom for the win. This match with all the kickouts and big moves and stuff felt like it was a blow-off. But you had the the, the funky finish, so I guess it's a blow-off for singles matches. I think they're going to have a big 5-on-5 five five or whatever it is match. Mixed, mixed match. Um, maybe even do a cinematic one, like a stampede. But, um, yeah, no, they, these had a long feud. These guys had a long feud, so I don't mind it. Uh, match got a plus 4, overall plus 6. Next, we had a Thunder Rosa and Mercedes Martinez video package. Actually got me pretty hyped for a, ma- for a match that I didn't care about, so plus one for that. Uh, Sean Spears faces Andrew Everett, who's a jobber. Um, I'm giving Taz and Excalibur, and Excalibur a plus one. Like I said on Raw, when uh, Omos faced the, the jobber, um, and Graves kind of just shit all over him, I didn't take away points, and Graves actually got a point for a good line, but um, it did nothing for anyone. Uh Andrew Everett was in the ring for like two seconds, but before the match, Taz and Excalibur each put him over, uh, saying he's a 17-year vet from the North Carolina uh, scene, and he's a gifted high flyer. Um, so when you beat him, he actually people know he did something and has been accomplished in his life. Um, Everett does a big jump from the um, from the inside onto the apron. It was kind of dumb, but because he didn't get any high-flying moves, I guess he was going to do that. He goes for a springboard, but Spears immediately catches him and hits the C4 and wins in like a minute. Um, after Spears cut a promo about CM Punk not being the best in the world, talks about his uh, grind and how he wasn't supposed to make it in, in, the, in the business, uh, as himself, Spears is saying, uh, says he's the guy that Max sends out to make sure messages get delivered. He says he doesn't know uh, where... Uh, his line is until the, it gets crossed. Uh, Punk won't see it coming. Uh, says there's a reason they call him the chairman. One swing, and it'll make sure you remember me forever. Crouch uh, ends up chanting for Wardlow, um, which is cool. Um, Spears says next week, you'll be in here with the 20-year veteran, and he can't hang anymore, and he will expose Punk. In five days, the chairman cometh. Uh, no, nothing for that, but plus one overall for the announcers. Next, the acclaimed did their diss track. Uh, their diss track. Uh, basically, the the chorus was two grown men going through a goth phase. Um, again, Darby's younger than Max, but that's fine. They're still grown men. Uh, they tell Sting they hit. Uh, <laughs> the best line was they'll tell Sting they'll hit him with a buckle bomb. And if you don't remember, Sting's WWE career ended in a match with Seth Rollins because of buckle bomb. Uh, he got hurt and couldn't wrestle again, and then they never wanted to have him have another match. So even when he got cleared, that's why he went to AEW, um, among other reasons. Um, nothing else was really good or bad. The video was decent. They had um, I only know this because I used to listen to Hawkins and Ryder, Myers and Cardona's podcast. Um, they have a guy dress up as Sting, and they call him Stang, um, which is a joke because Heath Slater used to say, he's like, my favorite wrestler was Stang. And they're like, who the fuck is Stang? Um, so overall plus one, nothing bad from that. Yeah, Casters uh, r- was rapping more than just doing the da 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 da. He was doing a little more flow. Um, haven't heard him actually rap in songs, so I got to see if they're good or not. But I'm just so over the rapping to the ring diss tracks. Just like at least have better flow. 
because like when John Cena did, it's like he's John Cena. It's not really a rapper. Um, I don't know. And it just worked back in that day. And now it's like, because John Cena would basically just talk and say his lines. Max is like actually with a beat trying to rap, and it's just like kind of comes off corny. But this this one was better than the ones I've seen in the past. Um, all right, next we have the Layla Hirsch, Chris Salander, and Red Velvet versus Nyla Rose, Penelope Ford, and Bunny with Vicky Guerrero. Um, Hirsch tags herself in to start when Statlander was going to start the match. Uh, later, Hirsch won't tag in Statlander, so uh, Red Velvet tags in herself. Uh, Ford goes for a front handspring cutter, but Statlander was never really close to where she was like going to hit her with the cutter, so it kind of looked weird and awkward. Uh, Statlander reversed or got her into a nasty move called the Spider Crab, which her neck, or Ford's neck, was on the mat like as she was bending her backwards, getting her into position. Her neck just looked like it was getting destroyed. Um, it was a pretty sick move by Statlander. Uh, Vicky ends up distracting the ref, and the bunny gets a super kick to uh, take control for her team, uh, breaking up that move. Statlander, bunny ends up coming in. Um, Statlander ends up countering the bunny into a blue thunderbomb. Hirsch tags herself in and gets in Statlander's face. Bunny uh, sends Hirsch into Statlander, who goes to the outside, and then Hirsch gets rolled up by the Bunny for the win. Uh, match was solid. It was pretty long. Got a commercial break, um, so and they did a good job. Nothing really bad at all. Um, plus one uh, for the match and overall. We had a backstage with Dan Lambert and Ethan Page, um, and Scorpio Sky. Uh, they were saying uh, Page was saying, "Congrats to Sammy for winning the interim championship, whatever that means." Says it doesn't change the fact that he lost the title to Cody, who is now missing from work, and we all know it's because he stepped into the ring with Ethan Page, and I whooped his ass. Uh, Scorpio's guy says uh, he goes over the amount of times he hasn't been pinned or lost a match. Like we, we and I've already went over that last time, and how many times he's actually been on television. Uh, he says he doesn't care who wins. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't care who wins between Sammy and Cody. Uh, it just means that. Whoever wins, he'll face and beat for the title, and because he's the face of TNT, uh, no points there. Uh, Scorpio Sky is awesome. I remember in the beginning, uh, before all the signings, he when he had that match with Jericho and was getting below. I thought he was going to become break out of SCU and become a huge face and a huge superstar and a main eventer. But hopefully, he gets back to that soon. Next, Ricky Starks is on commentary and he tells Jay Lethal. Basically, not to mess with Team Taz. Um, Jay Lethal comes out. He says some. Uh, he says since uh, he became FT Starks became FTW champ, there hasn't been many challengers. Says it's maybe because it's he's more concerned about his outfits than his wrestling, or maybe it's because the title um, isn't even acknowledged as a real title. Um, Lethal challenges Starks for the title and tells him to run it by Daddy Taz first. Stark says. He's about to beat his ass, but the refs come to break it up. Taz says he doesn't deserve the FTW title shot, and Jericho talks about how uh, Lethal's a former ROH World Heavyweight Championship. Taz says he doesn't care. Good for Jericho getting that in, putting over Lethal, who, if you don't watch R- um, ROH and watch AEW, you probably think, like, Jay Lethal's nothing. He had a an, uh, had a debut and <laughs> didn't go on TV since. Um, but, uh... Yeah, Lethal was a long-reigning uh, ROH champ a couple years ago. Um, next, we had Silver and Reynolds with Evil Uno and Jurassic Express with Christian and a split screen with Mark Henry backstage. I guess every Rampage main event, they do this. Um, 
So Henry asks if they're uh, ready for, if this match is happening too soon or if they're ready. Silver and Reynolds say um, they are and Jurassic they're ready and Jurassic Express accepted it. So now they have to accept the uh, that they're going to lose the championships. That um, just reminded me of what not that I'm not saying they copied or even saw it, but it's just funny because that's what Gable said to Orton when they beat them um, or before they beat them the week before. You're gonna have to learn to accept. Learn acceptance, and that accept that we're gonna beat you, something like that. All right. So next uh, happened. Uh, we had Silver Reynolds take out uh, Kazoo's and play them while Evil Uno chants, "Join us, join us." Uh, Christian tells them that's funny because uh, funny, and they're glad he's taking the match seriously. Christian tells them that I can take something as simple as a kazoo and make it iconic. Imagine what I could do with the talents of Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Christian ends. With there are levels to this, and you are about to learn you're not on hours. And Luchasaurus hisses. Uh, whatever promo, getting ready for the match. So it gets no points there. But uh, Silver Reynolds with the Dark Order. They all come out, but Evil Uno, I think, was the only one to actually go to ringside. Uh, versus Jurassic Express with Christian for the AW Tag Team titles. Silver Reynolds have won 10 matches in a row coming into this. Uh, the crowd is chanting for Luchasaurus and Lucha. Saurus. It was something like that. It was like, half the crowd would chant Lucha, half the crowd would chant Saurus. Um, uh, Silver ends up taking over the match. Uh, he goes to the outside, gets in Christian's face. Jungle Boy does a suicide dive, but Silver catches him and gets him up for a suplex where Reynolds does his own suicide dive, taking out the vertical Jungle Boy in air. Um, that's a plus one. That was a great uh, great sequence for the, uh, for the Dark Order. Um, back from commercial break, Luchasaurus gets a hot tag and takes out both Silver and Reynolds. Luchasaurus uh, has, Reynolds, uh, has Reynolds holding him with one hand, bending him backwards um, while he's standing, while Reynolds is still standing. And with the other hand, grabs um, um, Silver and choke slams him onto Reynolds, and they both go down. Uh, that's a plus one. That was a cool spot for Luchasaurus. On the top rope, Jungle Boy has Reynolds for a suplex. Luchasaurus has Silver in a powerbomb position, but Silver punches Luchasaurus, which sends him backwards into the corner. Silver grabs Jungle Boy for a German, uh, and Luchasaurus delivers a powerbomb, sending everyone down. Um, it sounded a lot cooler than it looked. Um, the powerbomb spot kind of looked weird. Everyone else went down. Like I said, uh, for the, I think I said it for SmackDown spot. Um, big corner spots like that don't do much to me. Uh, Silver and Reynolds do a combo of kicks to knock out Luchasaurus, then a combo to Jungle Boy that insisted of an Inseguri by Silver, Stunner by Reynolds, German by Silver, and then uh, Reynolds jumped over, grabbing his legs, doing the pin, uh, getting a pin for a near fall. Um, the pin was where he grabs his feet, and I don't really know how to explain it, and he just flips over him. So it's kind of like, you put your fucking ass in the guy's face and you lift him up. A lot of you could do the spot where the guy taking the pin does the the bridge up and flips you around, like Brian would do that a lot. All right, back to the match. I gave that spot a plus one, um, but the ref did stop counting before Jungle Boy actually kicked out. In WWE, that might have been there might have been new tag team champs by accident. Um, Jungle Boy from inside the ring, Hurricane Rana Silver, who's on the apron to the outside onto Evil Uno. That was really cool. Plus one for Luke, uh, for Jungle Boy. Uh, Jungle Boy hits the destroyer, the uh, with the assist off Luchasaurus's back. 
Gets a near fall. Luchasaurus has Reynolds in a tombstone position. Throws him up uh, onto Jungle Boy, who hits a cutter, and then dives onto the outside. Silver, Luchasaurus gets the pin and gets the win. They didn't really hit that finish spot well. Um, he kind of threw him, and Jungle Boy didn't really catch him, but didn't really mess up the match or anything. Um, overall, the match got a plus five, and overall, segment got a plus eight. Um, really good night, uh, really good rampage tonight. Plus eighteen overall. Um, the match of the night was Jurassic Express versus Silver and Reynolds. Um, let's go over, yeah, let's go over points first. I wrote it in different direction than normal, but uh, that's why I said it weird. But uh, let's go over the individual points. We got. Nobody in negative points today. We got Dan Lambert, Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page, Ricky Starks, Jay Lethal, Anthony Bowens, and Sean Spears with a zero. Max Caster, uh, Layla Hirsch, Chris Statlander, Red Velvet, Nyla Rose, Penelope Ford, The Bunny, Jericho, Thunder Rosa, Mercedes Martinez, Taz, and Excalibur with one. Cole and Trent with five. John Silver, Alex Reynolds, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus with plus six. Like I said, the match of the night was the main event. Jungle Express for Silver and uh, Reynolds. And the MVP was all four of them. Silver, Reynolds, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus. So another great week of wrestling. Um, the, road to wrestle, uh, the road to the Royal Rumble is the biggest thing for me right now. That's what that's what uh, has me going. The Seth and Roman feud has my full attention um, for next week. Um, I'm looking forward to... Uh, to see where they go with that. So this has been long enough. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, and let's mark out. <laughs>